Blog Talk Radio. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the half happiest season of Good evening, everybody. Richie Elman here live on Southern Sports Central at 6 o'clock. That means it's three solid hours of sports radio alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from the coastline of South Carolina here in Charleston, South Carolina. Got a great list of guests coming in here tonight. We'll give you that list well right now. David Shelton, as always, 6.30 is gold in a can as he will do all that he can to kind of get us up to date, ready to rock and roll for another 30-minute solid segment. Got a lot to talk about with him because right now, as we look right now, life support for the winter sports for the South Carolina High School League is probably the best way you could describe what type of mindset's going on right now here in the Palmetto State. Because I can tell you, and Eugene and I will talk about that here in just a little bit, there's a lot of eyes and a lot of ears and a lot of conversation going on right now because right here where we are, in the well, at least where I'm at in Dorchester County, too, they have decided to go to a virtual learning. And as long as they are in e learning, there is zero basketball, zero wrestling, from my understanding, at that time for sure. Now, whether they look at it in two weeks after that, that seems to be the plan. So, sometime, sometime around the end of January, they're looking to get things back in the classroom and athletes back out on their respective uh, courts or, or mats, if you will, for the wrestlers. But we'll talk about that with David. Eugene and I will talk about that here in just a little while because there's been some other news that I've gotten. And, we'll, again, we'll release that about some things coming up this weekend. That being said, at 7 o'clock, we take the bus from Charleston to wherever David's eating some great chicken wings tonight, all the way to Charlotte, North Carolina with Reginald Walker, Jr., wasn't able to catch up with us Monday. We had some issues out on the West Coast that didn't allow us to do things here on the East Coast. But he'll join us at 7 o'clock. We'll talk college football. We will be talking college football because it is a big day after yesterday. They released the new college football playoff top 25, the top four, the first two out, if you would say that. That all will be talked about, of course, with Reginald Walker. We'll also talk some NFL things as well because some of those – are starting to become reality. I know my Packers clinched the playoffs, and I believe they won the division. I have to go back and look at it, but I think they won the division with that win over the weekend over the Lions. But we'll get into the NFL with him as well. Then, not sure where P-Shuck is. He's one of the greatest producers in all of producing. No knock to my man Eugene here. 
but he's been doing it a little bit longer, and he is with Sirius XM College Sports, and uh, he's a big Alabama guy. Uh, he does a great job with multiple shows over there on Sirius, and can't wait to hear his thoughts of college football. Can't wait to hear his insights, because he talks to a lot of these big coaches that come onto those shows over there, and uh, he has a chance to ask a lot of questions. But we'll ask him his thoughts, his opinions on uh, how he feels that college football is kind of done this year. And then, you know, you've seen the top four come out. We'll get into that with him as well. And uh, we'll kind of go through that. Then at 8 o'clock, we travel over to Coach Smitty land. Coach Smitty is the coach of the eastern side of the, well, big bowl game that us and the South Carolina High School Blitz is putting on together this weekend. That's actually going to be happening over at Ben Lippin with the kickoff at 1 o'clock. Fans of all ages, shapes, and sizes should make sure that you do what you got to do to get in because we have a max number of 2,000. So once we hit 2,000, we're it, we're done. You can't come in. It's almost going to be like pay-per-view, looking through a fence, if you can even do that. We are going to stream this live. I know Ben Lippin has uh, gotten on board. They're going to be streaming it live through what they use in their huddle. We're going to try to take our voices off of Southern Sports Central, put it on that so you can hear the names and the numbers called and all of that. We're going to do the best we can to make sure that it is a five-star production because I can tell you, along with myself and Ken Brown and, and, and all of us at Southern Sports Central and the South Carolina High School Blitz, I had no idea the type of work that gets put into these games, but I do now. On the behalf of me, to anybody who's ever had to put one of these together, and I've been tip my cap to, the course, the Shrine Bowl and the North-South game and Perry Parks, who've done this. Great job. Ken's done it before in the upstate, but we're combining the entire state here, and we are the only Junior Bowl and Senior Bowl because the Senior Bowl is going to kick off at 2 o'clock, excuse me, on the 2nd of January. That's going to be over at Woodland High School right outside of Somerville. But we'll get into that as well. But Coach Smitty is going to join us. He'll talk about his guys in the East and how things seem to be looking for him as he's really excited to jump in here at 8 o'clock. Then at 8.30, one of our latest, newest, and most exciting young men that's joining the family here at Southern Sports Central. He's bringing his team along with him, and that is the guys of Jay Bryant Production. I've known Josiah for, for quite some time now. He's a young man, graduated from Berkeley High School not very long ago, very young man but an entrepreneur who does an incredible job doing productions from anything from highlight reels to national letter, letters of uh, you know, national signing day events to almost anything. And he puts together a five-star performance, but we shook hands over the weekend this past weekend, took our companies. We're joining them together because what he does, I don't, what, what I do, they don't. So we're going to put it together to have a huge impact, not just here in the low country. We're going to smother and cover the state as well. But I can't wait to bring him along, by the way, because he's going with us this weekend as part of that Southern Sports Central team. And uh, it's going to be a good time as he joins us here uh, this weekend. It'll be kind of our kickoff. But uh, a lot of other things have happened. We've also joined over with Mal Lawyer and the boys over there, the 707 Outlaws, as uh, Eugene and myself will be traveling around the East Coast. Our first stop actually is on the, uh, on the Florida coast. How about that? I believe Cam Newton and his boys will be there. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that, of course, took place over the weekend as well. So we, we gained a couple of new partners, Eugene. Of course, I got to emcee the Christmas parade that was on TV over there uh, with Pearl TV SC. That was a lot of fun. Never ever I ever emceed or, or did the play-by-play, -play, or I don't know the right terminology of it, but it, it was a good time. We got a chance to meet a lot of great people. But uh, I tell you, man, we've got a lot of good stuff going on, and it's only going to get better here as we get closer to the weekend. But uh, let me bring you in, Eugene. What's up, my man? Well, I tell you what, man, I, I, with all that you've been doing and, 
and just moving around, you know, I came up with a new nickname and, you know, at first I came up with a stone, but then I just, I decided to start calling you Mick and it has nothing to do with an Irish heritage. Start calling you Mick for Mick Jagger, baby. Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone don't grow anymore. And that's you, buddy. You're Rolling Stone. I love uh, it, man. Well, you, know, you, a, you got a lot of good cold, stuff going on though, guys. I tell you that. Definitely. And it's a, it's a cold and rainy day. Uh, some dudes wanted to get some work in today. Just didn't happen because of uh, the weather, but, uh, you know, some, some guys I work with are getting some final tune-ups, getting on the road uh, for big national competitions coming up in a couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, it is what it is with the weather. That's one thing we can't control, but what we can control, uh, hopefully tonight, everything knocking on wood, knock, knock. I just found a piece of wood. Is uh, The production seems to be going well with the show, and uh, we're set to keep going. And, uh, man, what what a, what a lineup. You know, I'm, all these all these guests are really excited. I'm glad that uh, – you know, uh, Josiah's joining us and uh, been sending out some of his videos to people that if you've been under a rock and hadn't seen his production, then hopefully you follow the show, you're able to, you know, start following him and see him, you know, the great work that those guys do. I've seen it firsthand, been on the field with them. Uh, man, you know, I tell you what, we like it, but man, the, the high school kids, you know, the players, and as soon as they see that crew show up at their game, man, they get a, a little more excited, a little more uh, juice, as they call it when they see those guys sitting on the sideline with those uh, cameras rolling. Yeah, Josiah does a great job, Eugene. There's no doubt. And, and he and I have, have had multiple opportunities to have conversations. We started at Somerville where he showed up at one of the Somerville games back in the day when I was the voice of the Green Wave and uh, talked to him down there on the field. Just a young, poised young man who who's just driven to just do whatever he can to help these young athletes get seen, you know, and, and get seen with some style points, right? Get that as well. And he's got a team, a team of about four or five other individuals other than himself that, that is just electrifying along, along with himself. So it's going to be fun to have him in. That's our final guest, by the way, at 830. I'm also looking forward to, and oh, by the way, congratulations. If you signed a national letter of intent today on National Signing Day, the early signing period that is here on this beautiful 16th day, whether it was raining or not raining, it didn't matter because the smiles across the country that I saw on, on the internet with the, the, the Facebook and, of course, uh, Twitter and Instagram, you name it, we saw it, and, and we couldn't be more proud of you. As I put out on our page, you know, you're signing today to open the door for your future tomorrow. And, and to me, I think that summarizes everything. In a time that no one thought this might happen, because of what we're getting ready to talk about, here in just a few minutes, because of COVID and the season that was maybe shortened a bit here in the state of South Carolina, but it wasn't left for anything on the table because I believe we got our money's worth this season. It was very interesting, but yet intriguing with all the fixings that you could imagine during the season that we got to call high school football. Now, some other athletes in baseball, I believe, and a few other sports, I think, signed as well, but I just know today a lot of football guys put their name on the line. A few ladies might have done that across the country as well. Again, you know what happened to Vanderbilt over the weekend. Congratulations to that young lady. And how about the picture of that young lady coming off the field, kicking that field goal? Who was one of the first over there to uh, congratulate her once he had a chance was Kenny Solomon from Tennessee, number 31 on the chart, wide receiver, defensive back. He just, by the way, got moved over to play wide receiver with Jalen Hyatt. Who scored a touchdown, by the way? He was thrown to, I believe, by also another South Carolina guy. So we got dudes all over the state of Tennessee. There's no doubt there. But Kenny rolled up on her. I'm sure had nothing but that 
million-dollar smile that Mr. Solomon's always had since his days at Sacristy. Congratulated. They, they had that on, on, of course, on social media. I thought that was really cool to see these guys and girls that come on our show that, that then thrive and drive to go out there and, and do other things. I just I, I love it to pieces. It's, it's a great honor to know that they came through the hallways of the airwaves here at Southern Sports Central. Now, quickly, as uh, we've got about 10 minutes, Eugene, maybe 15 minutes here, the one conversation, the hardest conversation, is uh, the latest news here out of Dorchester County, too. And they have suspended as of January 4th. They will suspend classes um, one-on-ones, if you will. So there will not be any classroom settings. It will be virtual. They call it e-learning. And with that being said, they will not not to, they, they, they're not canceling. They're just putting a pause on the winter sports in Dorchester County, too. So what that means is that until they get back into the classroom, they will not get back into the arenas, be it the basketball gym for basketball or wrestling. These two things will not take place. And I know there's a lot of parents out there that are, that are worried. There's a lot of conversations that are going on. Just trust the process. Stay up, pray it up, and, and do what you can do. Only worry about what you can control. You can't control that. There's not a phone call you can make that's going to get these kids back into the gyms, either wrestling or basketball. Now, the other news I got earlier today, and Eugene, I guess that means we're going to be hitting the road a little earlier on Friday, is that I believe I believe that there's not going to be uh, a, a basketball game for Dorchester County 2 uh, this Friday night, neither. Uh, again, I'll, I'll wait to get confirmation on that, but – uh, and again, here, here's the here's the reality of it. Okay, so so we go back to football season, and you guys remember they only took the top two in the region. They only took the top two in the region. What does it hurt you to not play on Friday night? What does it hurt? It doesn't hurt anything because it doesn't go to anything other than the experience that you're going to get, and then you're going to get a two week layoff. Which most schools are, by the way, taking two weeks off during the holidays, unless you decided to join a tournament like the beach ball classic which is where i'm from up in myrtle beach which i'm totally against them bringing teams from from outside in that being said it is what it is we'll see how it works out we wish it the best of luck but when it comes down to the playoffs and i didn't say playoffs the only games that are going to matter are region games the other conversation that i heard that may or may not be true we'll find out from david shelton here at about 6 30 is the factor that instead of them doing a home-a-home, which they do in basketball, not like football, where it's either either or, they're only going to go down to one game, one game per that region in the season. So an example, Somerville will only either play at Fort Dorchester or Dorchester, Fort Dorchester will play at Somerville. Same goes for Ashley Ridge, same goes for Stahl, and you can figure out the rest of the math there. Some would say, well, that's not fair. Well, your other option is to feel like you probably feel right now. That's a lot worse feeling than what you could feel, at least if you can get in. Because the job, and I got to tell you, whether you like the Commissioner Singleton or not, they got us through, and we can say that as of Saturday morning, once Marion and Abbeville kick off and finish the four quarters on Friday night. But they got us through the high school season with a few bumps and bruises. But they did, if I'm not mistaken, hand out some state championship trophies. They looked the same as they did last year and the year before that and the year before that, it will probably look pretty similar to that next year. So doing what you can, worrying about what you can control is probably the best advice I'm going to give parents out there, players out there. Stay off of social media with this. Okay? You might not like it, but you need to stay with yourselves. 
get these two weeks, stay in shape so you don't have to get back in shape, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, and just grind. Just grind. Grind all grind for the next two weeks. Do what you've been doing. Eugene, I got to tell you, when we went to a lockdown in the summertime here in Charleston, man, I actually ran because there was just nothing else to do. I was running two, three, four miles a day for four or five days a week. I even ran the bridge in Charleston. How crazy is that, 2020? But to me, that's the best advice I give these young kids because I know their hearts are heavy. But you and I both know the outcome of this, if it's like we saw in the spring where we shut the entire show down with guests or of those not playing spring sports was our, was our deal where we brought in a lot of guys and girls that played multiple sports in the spring, and you could hear some laughter, but you heard a lot of tears. and You heard a lot of sniffling. You heard a lot of that just heartbreak. You know, that's the fear that I have. But if we just do it the right way in the next two weeks to three to four weeks, actually, because it's going to be about three to four weeks for Dorchester County, too. And I just feel, I just feel that the whole state's leaning, probably going to lean to go to this, and here's why is because of the factor that we are going into a holiday season. Christmas is a lot more pushing towards family. Christmas is a lot more pushing to go in and go on a traveling trip than in Thanksgiving because you're going to get a little bit more time off, especially for the kids in school. You're going to get a lot more time off, especially for the workers, who, who a lot of them will take a week during the end of the year so they can get their PTO. The, the state knows that. The, the high school league understands that, and, and the commissioner – he, he's going to give the, the power to the districts per throughout the state so that he can, I, I think, kind of give that to them and not have that on his shoulders. That's a lot to hold. So that's a smart move on the commissioner of the South Carolina High School League. But at the end of it all, I feel for these young kids. I understand it. I, I listened and I watched and I heard and I read a lot of things between the last 12 hours when this thing started to kind of get some traction. Right. And actually, it was about 24 hours ago, right after the um, right after the Tuesday, I believe it was the Monday night basketball game that it started getting some conversation. That's when Dorchester County, too, actually mentioned they were going to virtual. And I told you, I think, Eugene, that they were going to probably do away with the sports. And you and I had this conversation. But I know once you go to e-learning, once you take these kids out of classrooms, there's a lot of things that happen to that. Now, that doesn't take effect until January the 4th. So if I'm not mistaken, up until now, until then, unless something's changed, they can practice and all. But as of January 4th, when it's an official first day of virtual learning, e-learning, if you will, the rules change a little bit going into the new year. Eugene? Yeah, and, and I've seen that with DD, too. I know some other schools have already shut down. Uh, you know, Bishop England shut down, I think, last week. And, you know, so, it, so it's kind of uh, – I hate to use the word spreading, but it kind of is with, with that, you know, kind of put in place to kind of put up some stop gaps to, you know, see if they can't get things mitigated a little bit so they can uh, return to normal activities as soon as possible. And I think that's the biggest goal is, you know, try to mitigate things now uh, when people are going to be normally shut down and not have practices and things like that. And, um, you know, and, and where, where my kids go to school here in Charleston County over at Magnet, you know, we've gotten dire warnings from the principal about the holidays and things like that. And, you know, they're tracking the numbers. And as of now, they're scheduled to return in person. But the email that came out from the principal said, you know, stay tuned. Things can change, you know, kind of quickly. And, and, you know, if they send out a message, you know, it could be that way. And so uh, to shut it down. And she said that, you know, um, they had some, some kids test positive two weeks ago and, it kind of started pushing those numbers where 
there's a certain cutoff, and I can't remember what the percentage was, but there's a certain numbers within the school. You know, they immediately go to e-learning, and for the parents and kids that don't don't want that, you know, I guess you know the the warning was then you know you got to be smart on your end, especially over the holidays. Yeah, and I think there's there's still some concern on certain things, and for dads and moms who who, who may or may not believe in. In, in, in COVID or, or whatever it may be. And again, I don't want to get much into that, that dialogue tonight because we're going to shut this down after uh, this, this segment for sure. But, but I'll say this, it, it is what it is. And, and, and for you not to believe in it is one thing, but unfortunately for you, the people that do believe in it have the power to do what they need to do and are going to do what they do. Okay. So you got to kind of get on the bus cuz, and, and, and that's just the way it works. And, and the best thing I can tell you is just, again, Worry about the things you can control. You can control staying in shape, athletes. You can control making sure that you're doing your homework. And by the way, once you go to e-learning, that's called schoolwork. Okay? You can make sure of that part. And I keep telling you guys on the e-learning process, there's no reason that you guys aren't making straight A's and B's. It's just that simple. I get that you may have a le- there may be some issues in certain things. But for the most part, from what I've heard, some of the biggest concepts and athletes, you are students first. And, and we argue about that with a lot of people when we try to get into that conversation. But the reality of that part is, the reality part of that is, is that your grades are going to either get you in or not get you into college. You can be the greatest athlete in the world. I know one that ran for miles and miles and miles, and, and unfortunately he never got a chance to run the first mile in college because he was a great student. Nope, he was a great athlete in high school just wasn't a great student athlete in high school. So utilize that chance, that opportunity. Make the most out of it. With that being said, you know, I know there's a lot to be talked about tonight. You know, we will get into this with David Shelton because this is a topic going across the state of South Carolina as we understand that that it's one of the things that's going to become a factor going into the winter sports and even the spring sports. You know, and then there's the other question, Eugene. Let's let's talk about the, 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 the fly on the wall. If they're shutting down, certain places. And again, it's only per district. So that's Dorchester County too that's shutting down. Not not Columbia, not Myrtle Beach, not Charleston, not Beaufort, not Berkeley County, which I'm not I'm surprised Beaufort had jumped on this one yet because these guys were pretty pretty adamant about jumping on things like this pretty early. That being said, there is a football game Friday night and it is Abbeville taking on Marion who, to be honest with you, I know they're going to do what they can to get this championship game in because they don't want, I don't want, Eugene doesn't want, nobody that's a competitor, former athlete, current athlete, want to have a dual or or, or co-champion in any state or form or matter. Eugene? Yeah, nobody wants that, and and we saw that, you know, how – the reason why we're playing this game two weeks later is that, you know, that, that, that nasty virus kind of snuck in the door there at Marion. Um, and, and nobody, nobody wants that, uh, you know, and, and people were griping about, you know, the continuation. Then there was the, the theory or, or the talked about that, you know, if the game wasn't played, we'd have co-champions. Uh, and, and, you know, for as much as that we can tend to disagree with some of the high school leagues, uh, decisions, you know, like you said, uh, there was much to do and much fighting about it back and forth in July and August. But, you know, a very good point. The state trophies hosted by the four teams that already won, they're the same as they were in 1999, 2000, uh, and 2019 just last year. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed we're going to get this game in Friday night. We'll have a fifth champion, a final champion, 
you know, all the divisions will have been decided uh, on the football field and not by some, you know, as much as we gripe about the college football playoff and, you know, it's people voting for the favorites and, you know, the, I've seen the quotes about the rich get richer, you know, at least there, at least with what Singleton and those have done, we actually will have, you know, we get this last one in on Friday night, five true champions decided on the field of play through the through a playoff schedule where, you know, every team that finished first or second in their division uh, or region got a chance to compete for that title. Now, it was up to them on the field whether or not they won it. There was one school that was prevented from playing in it. We understand that. You know, the same gripe with the guys up at Greenville who didn't get to play because of, you know, a similar – well, theirs wasn't a COVID. However, it was – you know, it came down to a flip of the coin, so to speak, and a rule as opposed to something actually being decided on the field. However, you know, one could argue that Greenville was decided on the field in the game that they should have won or maybe not should have lost by a certain amount of points. All that said, you know, we hopefully will get this game decided with players playing, kicking, tackling, throwing, catching, uh, running the ball – et cetera, et cetera, and a true champion crown. So hats off to those guys. It was not an easy job. Uh, it was not an easy decisions to make. But, you know, ultimately, in the end, it did work uh, for the best that we could do in 2020, uh, especially for – and to have it in the fall. There are a lot of teams, there are states that didn't even get to play at all who aren't even going to play in the spring. Some states are playing in the spring. We know right now that we got a season in. Those schools, like up in North Carolina, that are playing in the spring, there's no guarantee they're going to get to play those games or have a champion. So for what it's worth and for all the things that we may disagree with, either you and me or, or, or the, the listeners, uh, you have to give a hats off. You know, it did work. Uh, we got a true champion crowned in four of the five, um, you know, um, I don't want to say regions, uh, you know, classifications. That's what they call it. Uh, so we have one more to go. Let's get this game in, get five true champions, and uh, call it a win. Yeah, and, and to kind of touch on this one really quickly, first of all, let's go back to the – there were very, I would say, defined rules when the season started. We talk about Greenville, how they were just barely knocked out, but they knew that prior to the season started. Midway through the season, when COVID became a really conversation of interest and in what are we going to do if? Commissioner Singleton did, I thought, a good job of saying, look, if you have got to cancel at the beginning all the way up to, up to the state championship game, you forfeit. That's what was said. It was plain and simple. However, at the end of the season, once we get to that state championship game and you get the COVID word or whatever it is that you get COVID-19, then we will allow you to quarantine and then we would play the game then. That's understandable. They couldn't stop the entire they couldn't stop the entire train like the way they would have had to do had that happened in classification play. Had COVID hit Marion in week two, then guess what? Here's the thing. They would have forfeited, just like Oceanside had to, and just like in Skiza, where you saw a very good, very dominant and a really very, really good team out of First Baptist had to do the same. They were actually undefeated. They actually were favored to win the whole thing. And then they actually had to watch the team that they had already beaten. I think it was Ben Lippin, by the way, advance to the next round just because they had to forfeit. And then how about this one? They brought the Ski the Championships over to Charleston Southern. So a little bit of salt in the wound, if you will. 
is they had to sit there and basically at the end of the day watch a state championship game that they really, I thought, would have been in and watch other people play it. We got to take a break because we got to get ready for our first guest of the night as we head over with David Shelton. He's somewhere, not under the rainbow, which that may be the case in the morning when the rain gets out of here, but he's somewhere around Charleston. But I want to give you some motivation. This is from our good buddy, Eric Thomas, one of the great motivators and motivating, talking about staying true. We'll let you do that. We'll be back in about three minutes, guys. Don't go anywhere. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, Twitter, at SO Sports Central, and on the gram at Southern Sports Central, guys. We'll be right back. More of that, Southern Sports Central, right after this. What do you got to do to separate yourself? What time is that? What time are they getting up? Good. So you need to be up at least by what? Seven. Am I better than the other motivational speakers? I don't know if I'm more talented than them. I just know I get up at 3 o'clock and put my videos out first. I just know I do five a day. So if you're actually better than me, nobody will know. I'm separating myself. I'm putting my stuff out on Sunday night in the shy, but in the world, it's Monday. So what are you doing to separate yourself? Two, three more. Talk to me. What are you doing? Wake up early. I love it. What are you doing? Accountability. Coach ain't got to tell you. Your mama ain't got to tell you. Your daddy ain't got to tell you. But that's what happens when you got an entitled spirit and you think you're there already. You don't hold yourself accountable. Just because a man is on top one day, it don't mean he's going to be on top forever. And just because you're not on top today don't mean you ain't going to be on top forever. Like, don't try to be something. You, like, don't listen to stuff on and try to be something you're not. All right? Don't be like a studio gangster. Right? For real, some of y'all, you come from good backgrounds. Like, embrace that. Some of y'all come from good homes, good parents. You got two parents at the crib. Or you got your mom and your dad both involved in your life. Your mom pray with you. And you get out the house trying to act like, you feel me? I, look, I, like I told y'all, I'm from this side. You can look up my birth certificate. I went to school, too, in Detroit. You can look it up. I don't got to act like I'm hard. I don't got to act like I'm nothing, like I'm going to be who I am. I don't care how much money I got. I don't care how much fame I got. We are humans. Be who you are, bro. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, you come from the suburbs, you ain't got to claim like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you from the north side of Chicago, you ain't got to be you from the suburbs, you ain't got to be like, yo, I'm from, I'm from the west side. You ain't got to try to claim something you're not or be something you're not. Like, be comfortable in your own skin is what I'm trying to tell y'all. That's how I blew up. So I'm... Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Southern Sports Central. Bringing them in with the Wolfpack theme is that man with the plan, David Shelton. What's going on, Big David? How's life on a Wednesday, wet Wednesday in Charleston? Wet and cold. Heading heading <laughs> to where my to where my belly takes me at six thirty in the evening. So it's time to eat. Time to time to graze. So where oh where do we find David Shelton on a Wednesday night? here on uh on southern sports central where are you heading to you know i don't know the name of it i know it's a pizza place and my son brandon it's over it's over on latson road near latson in dorchester and i okay. can't remember the name of it but i was told it was the best pizza in the world 
so, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try out. I happen to be a pizza expert, so I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so he could be going to Famalari's, which is uh, in that same corridor. He could be heading out to Phillies. I mean, there's a couple of places that put out it's not, some pretty it's good not pies. Famalari's. I've been I've been to Famalari's. I've been to Famalari's yeah. uh, over by Cane Bay a lot, but uh, right. no, this is a uh, this is kind of a new place. I don't I don't know. Uh, used to be a Philly cheesesteak place. It's right there near. Uh, oh yeah, that new it's right on the corner where they place. used to be, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, I know exactly where you're now. at. Oh, cool. Well, you have to give us an update. Where is the best pizza place? Since I, I know that's something that you, we're going to start giving you your own segment here, and and we got to call it. I know ESPN used to have a you got to eat thing, but but you do a really good job of trying out a lot of places when you travel. What is the best pizza place in Charleston to you? Oh, I don't know. It used to be Andalini's. Um, right. You know, the one on Rivers closed. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, when I got uh, when I got sick with the with the diabetes thing, uh, the doctor one of the things the doctor said was you got to lay off the pizza. Which I was like, go ahead and kill me now. Uh, <laughs> you know, he said sweet tea and pizza, macaroni and cheese. I'm like, dude, you're you're just sparking up the wrong tree here. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have given up a lot of pizza. Uh, I don't eat as much. I like to eat the cheese and the toppings, but I don't try not to eat the crust because the carbs. Um, but I'm 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 carving it up tonight. I'll I'll uh, <laughs> I'll take my old insulin shot when I get home if I need to. <laughs> I love it, man. I love this. Hey, you know what? Those, it's funny because this is the time everybody's looking at you in the eye going. I'm going to start that diet. And I'm thinking, no, you're not. <laughs> why are you doing this? And I don't even know why no, you guys are going no. the first week of January because that's an epic fail day too. <laughs> yeah, don't start Don't start any diet in December. That is, you know, or even after November 1st, just, just right. quit, you know, walk and do exercise or whatever you got to do, but don't stop eating because this is the best. This is the best time of the year for a lot of things, but definitely for food. Yeah, that is very true. Now, talking about the best time of the year, today on the 16th day here in December, we saw a lot of kids putting some some pen on the paper here as it's National Early Signing Day uh, around the low country, around the entire country. Uh, any surprises? I saw the young man over at First Baptist. He's going to the Citadel. I saw, uh, and I thought it was great to see Jason over there with Goose Creek. He was over there with his guy signing to go to Coastal. We actually had him on the show about a month ago. But but who were some of the big hitters from this uh, from this big day that we had on National Signing Day around the Low Country? Well, it wasn't a whole lot. Uh, wasn't it wasn't a very active day. You had Malachi uh, Taylor going to Coastal. Uh, Solomon Butler, receiver at Berkeley, really good player, is going to Western Carolina. Um, the Citadel picked up a couple. Uh, Mikey Blandon being one of them um, from um, First Baptist, a really good linebacker that really a lot of people, a lot of people don't know about it because he plays skis and he plays at First Baptist. But uh, the guy had 141 tackles in in nine games this year, and and you know. You see those stats and you wonder how much of them are fudged. Well, I did my own little research one day and went and watched the huddle tape. And, uh, you know, I think he made 141 tackles. The guy makes the tackle every play. He's he's really good football player. Um, 6'2", about 215. He's going to be really good at the Citadel. Uh, they they may have gotten a steal with that one. Melvin Robinell is a, is a 6'3", uh, corner from Goose Creek. It's really going to help the Citadel. Uh, really athletic kid, probably may grow into a safety um, by the time he, you know, in, when he gets in that college weight room. He was a safety at one point. He played some corner this year. But, you know, other than that, um, that that's pretty much the 
the gist of the, you know, there may have been some smaller school signees, but I didn't find them. Uh, it was kind of a, kind of a, it's kind of a down year, honestly, um, not to be negative, but it's kind of a down year for senior prospects. There weren't a whole lot of them. Uh, the underclassmen are, are pretty good. There's some pretty good underclassmen coming. Um, but the senior class, you know, there'll be some sign in February. And, they'll, you know, what happens now is that the smaller schools, uh, they take a look at see what's left uh, that the big schools didn't get. And uh, they start offering some kids in, in January. And But it's been a weird recruiting year because you couldn't take official visits. You couldn't do in-homes. You couldn't do, you know, you couldn't have kids on campus. You had to do everything you know, over the internet or over FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, virtual campus tours. I mean, it's a different – it is definitely a different type of recruiting than what we're used to seeing. Yeah, no doubt. As we're live right now with David Shelton as he's hanging in a few with one of, uh, you know, his best buds. That's his son and him handing over to a pizza parlor near you. If you're over there on Lanson Road in Dorchester, you might see the big guy himself there. But, you know, of course, uh, you mentioned it. I think you nailed it on the head. It was a, a down year for multiple reasons. One of those, though, is how hard had it had to be for these colleges to get in front of these kids or, or even to have room for them. I mean, these kids this year in college football are playing what we'd like to call some free football, as we would call it in overtime. This is basically overtime for this entire class. So how – I feel that the Coastals and, and the Citadels, I think Citadel actually ended up doing pretty good with a handful of kids around the state. I saw them offer a lot of play, preferred walk-ons and, and things like that. But when you see that, do you, do you kind of feel like that's where they're going to gain the most as the junior colleges, maybe the smaller colleges, the HBCUs, probably have a big year this year just because the bigger Power Five not having the room that they're used to having? Very well could be the case. I, I think um... – and usually, you know, when when it comes around to February signing day, you know, I, I mean, I talked to Charleston Southern's coach today, Alter Denson. They signed five today. They'll sign 12 or 13 in February. Presbyterian will load up in February. Uh, you know, the Big South, those type of schools. I think the Citadel signed eight today. I don't know what their what their expectations are in terms of what they can do in February. But you'll see a lot of the the smaller schools, the Division twos. Um, just rack up with kids uh, in February because, you know, you take a school like, you know, South Carolina will still get some kids because um, they're way behind. But, you know, Clemson signed 18 today, and they're probably done. You know, they may take – I think they've got a couple of scholarships, but you're talking about uh, big-time guys that they're holding out for. Uh, but for the in-state kids, you know, there's a lot of really good football players that that – that will be found out over the next two months. The film will start getting out. Um, you know, the, these high school coaches that do their job and take care of their kids, they'll get these films out to all these other schools. Um, there's so many opportunities, you know, in just the Carolinas and Georgia, if you just want to stay relatively close to home, there's a lot of people playing college football. So uh, you just got to, you got to get the film out um, and hopefully the, the pandemic will will turn around and, and we won't have to go through another year like this because it definitely hurts the kids. I mean, you know, coaches not being able to see them, uh, them not getting able to get on campus and get face-to-face with coaches, you know, that that's a big part of the recruiting process, and they didn't get that. Um, you know, so film more than ever um, has been huge for this, for this year, for the 2021 guys, and hopefully it won't be that way for the next group. 
Now, we look at the recruiting as we're live right now with David Shelton, Post and Courier. You also can hear him on Friday nights. So the scoreboard, him and Phil Cornblue out of Columbia do a great job recapping all the high school sports. And, of course, Bobby Harden gets a chance to hang out with him. He hangs out over there at the high school sports report uh, and does a lot of things as he's right here with us on Wednesday nights, getting us ready for the weekend or prepared for what is coming up during the week. Now, we look at the top five, and this was at about 530, where Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and then there's Clemson at number five. Now, Clemson has five. Uh, as far as the five stars, they had two of those. We had, they had 14, 14 four-stars, three two-stars, and zero two-stars. To me, I, I, I'm not a big star guy. I rep, you know, Of course, I mention it because it's there. Of course, somebody does a lot of time, and I don't want to disrespect what they put into it. But when you look at Clemson, and as of this was earlier, now Clemson was number one in the ACC, number five overall. The Gamecocks, by the way, were dead last at number 14 in the SEC and number 89 overall. Uh, do you see that changing once – or do you think they're going to be able to flip anybody over there with this new coach once he gets in there and starts hitting some, uh, I, I guess, Twitter world and, 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 and all the different medias that they have to to get connected with these kids, David? Well, I, I think South Carolina will end up with a, with a decent class, but let's not, let's not fool ourselves. I mean, they're, they're not um, – they're going to be the in the bottom three or four in the SEC this year in recruiting. You, all the, you know, all the great ones are taken, and not to mention the SEC is the SEC plus Clemson and Ohio State. Um, you know, they get they get most of the four and five stars. So South Carolina is going to be behind the eight ball. They're going to have to try to really pinpoint some guys. Maybe go to the junior college route. There'll be some guys there available. Um, but they're going to have to really focus on on evaluation, and it's really tough when you can't get out and see them. You got to go off tape. Um, you know, they'll they'll probably end up with a pretty, you know, with. I mean, it's not going to be a great class. I mean, I they're not they're not you know they're not going to get Corey Foreman or or somebody like that. But but they'll right. have to just try to fill in with the best they can do, and uh, and then work basically start working on next year's class and the year after start working those younger class and just kind of feel what you can, you know, a, a big thing with them, I thought could be, you know, all these kids get extra years now and maybe a lot of them have come back, but that really hasn't been the case. A lot of them have, have decided to go pro and, you know, you, you think about if, if Mukwamu and, and uh, the linebacker Ernest Jones and uh, Sedarius Hutchison, if, if some of those guys would take that extra year and come back. They would be okay next year, but they're, you know, we've seen what kind of depth they have, uh, you know, for all the great things you want to say about Will Muschamp and that staff over the last five years, you saw the depth and it's been awful the last couple of weeks. So they, they didn't do a great job recruiting after you get the front line guys. And that's where, you know, you great four stars are great and you win with them, but you got to have depth. And South Carolina had no depth, and and they're going to struggle next year. I don't think anybody's uh, if if anybody thinks they're going to win seven or eight games next year, you know, they're crazy. It's just the people aren't there yet. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, I see a lot of your points becoming reality. Unfortunately, as David Shelton breaking down National Signing Day, the early period that happened here today around the country, we had a lot of great kids here in the Low Country sign today for that future tomorrow. One more game, David, left in uh, high school football before we say we made it, and that is in two-way with Marion Abbeville. That one will kick off on Friday night. David, I know Abbeville the big favorite as we uh, will have to go back and look at our picks so long ago, but 
does Marion, I know they have a chance because the football game is going to take place, but do they have a chance between you, me, and all of our listeners out there? Ah, you know, I, 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 I just think Abbeville is really good, and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Marion. You know, they've, sure. they've won the lower state. They've, they've done a great job. They've only lost one game this year, but, you know, their schedule wasn't especially tough. Um, you know, they did have to beat a pretty good Andrews team in the, in the, in the lower state finals. But, you know, I think Abbeville's played a tougher schedule. I think Abbeville, Abbeville has the veterans. Abbeville has a lot of guys who have played in the state championship game before. And, and that's going to be beneficial. You know, maybe with the extra week that they've had to prepare, you know, but they've been sick. I mean, they hadn't been sick, but they've had to, to be in quarantine. Um, I just think everything points in Abbeville's favor. Um, you know, if turnovers are big in these games, and if you turn the ball over, if Abbeville, you know, gets fumbleitis and starts fumbling the ball all over the field, then, then Marion will have a shot. But I just think Abbeville's a really good – you know, and, and we thought some of these these previous four state championship games would be, you know, relatively close, and none of them were. So I, I don't know why we would expect this one to be uh, close. And, and close, but I mean, you know um, – you know, if Marion can keep it within two scores, two touchdowns, I think that's, you know, pretty competitive. But it's going to be hard to do. This Abbeville team's good. There's no question. They're really good. Yeah, they're definitely good. Now, that game will kick off sometime about, was it 7 o'clock or was it 6.30? Do you remember the kickoff time and location? I think it was 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Okay, and that's going to be Benedict. So, hopefully right. these guys also, by the way, are, are hoping that they've uh, practiced on some AstroTurf or just uh, – Brown, because it's a different ball game, as you and I know, as we've covered this stuff for quite some time. Now, talking about a new game, David, you, you saw the news earlier this week. We kind of maybe, maybe not. I thought we saw this, some of us, uh, a little ahead of time. But Dorchester County, too, has decided to, as of January 4th, they will do away with uh, that going to class and do the e-learning, the virtual class, which automatically, basically takes you off the battlefields of your court, whether it be wrestling or basketball and you got to wait till they get back in the classroom, which is going to be sometime around the end of January. Now, that being said, kind of give me your breakdown on, on this, and I'm going to tell you what I heard today are two things. One, I heard that they may not be playing basketball at the end of this week, that maybe they have canceled it as of now in Dorchester too. And then the other thing that I heard was that when they do resume, there is a chance that they're only going to do a – one game, one game, basically not the home and home thing that you see in basketball. It's just basically going to be, let's get the region in. Let's get it in as quick as we can to hopefully salvage a playoff. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough. And I, you know, I, I said a week ago, I thought, I thought they ought to just shut December down everywhere and give, and give things a chance to, to get a little better. Um, And now what you're seeing is that that's happening now. Um, And with the, you know, school's not going back in, and you know, I have a grandson in the in the district two school system, and uh, by God, he needs to get back in school. Um, but uh, but you know, I I really think it's going to be tough for basketball um, and and wrestling especially if they go to one if they go to one game uh, in the region instead of the two, it's really going to put some teams at a disadvantage. Um, you know, that would be basically five region games and that's how you're going to determine you know your region champion only top two teams are going um you know i'm sure the high school league will get involved a little bit with that you know they they may they may say we need to 
a certain number of games to be played in order to get you qualified. Uh, you know, and it, I mean, if, if, if Dorchester doesn't come back till late January, you know, typically the playoffs start in third week of February. So, you know, I, it's going to be really difficult. Um, I, I think, uh, I think we'll get some games in. I think we'll get, we'll figure out a way, but I, it's going to be very different and it's not going to be, uh, there'll be a lot of people complaining about it, but you know what? It's the same for everybody. You know, it's, it's, uh, well, well, Really, it's not the same for everybody because in Berkeley County and Charleston County, you know, if they start playing in early January and Dorchester 2 is way behind, um, you know, right. then it's not the same. But but those districts, the high school league has given the districts the freedom to do this and to, to, to do what they think is best for their kids. So they're not going to step on a lot of toes. The only place they will get involved is when it comes playoff time to determine which teams make the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. And that's where you might see uh, some some crap hit the fan, so to speak. Yeah, it should be interesting. Now, your thought on how that may or may not, again, you, you nailed it there as you were in mid-sentence. You kind of thought, wait a minute, it's not going to be fair. H- how does that go? Do you think uh, Commissioner Singleton jumps in here and says, wait a minute, hold on a second, you're definitely going to put Dorchester County, you're putting yourself, actually, because he's giving that right to the district offices per around the state. Smart move on his part, David. Your thoughts as far as should he be the one to finally kind of be the yay or nay when it comes down to such a big move like that one-and-done type of situation that Dorchester 2, really, if they come back that late in January, they don't have a chance. They don't have a choice but to do it that way, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, in terms of the high school league's involvement, I, I kind of – I can kind of – you know, a lot of people say, hey, make a, make a call, make a stand, do something. Well – the problem with that is, is if 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 Jerome Singleton does what he what he thinks is right, he'll shut everybody down. They won't be no basketball. So he's given he's given the districts uh, free reign to make the decision, and I like that. I like the fact you know some people say, well, he's passing the buck, kicking the can. But I mean, who else, who's better to make that decision than the people involved on the ground? Uh, you know, whether that be Dorchester District or Berkeley or Greenville or Sumter or Richland two or Richland one or whatever. Um, I mean, we're in a pandemic and it, it, it got better, but it's getting bad again. And there's, there's some tough decisions got to be made. And, and quite honestly, you know, the high school league didn't get involved when Hardyville Ridgeville said, we're not doing any sports ever this whole year. Lee central, same thing. They're not doing anything. Um, you know, that was their decision and you know, that's who it ought to be. I mean, you know, I don't want Richie Altman telling me how fast to drive my car. I want to do it as – or whether I should wear my seatbelt, I want to do it on my own. So Jerome's saying, hey, if you can make the decision that – whatever decision you make, it's fine, but be prepared to live with it, and they are. Um, you know, again, I think I think it will work out. You know, I think Dorchester, too, will, will work it out. You've got plenty of – you know, you've got plenty of time to do so. And I think they will. I just think that it's going to be – it's causing some heartburn. And, you know, hey, nobody wants sports more than me uh, because I get paid to write about it. And if they're not playing, I ain't getting paid, so I want it. But I also, you know, don't want rash decisions made 
um, just for the sake of playing a basketball game. Um, you know, like I said, we we got we got fortunate in football, and but it, it the the numbers are way different. Whether you believe the numbers or not, they're way different than what they were in October. And you know, we got to be careful. Um, I I would be all for off over the board. I would be all for no fans. And I think every basketball coach in South Carolina, if you gave them that, or every AD, if you said, hey, we're going to let you play these games, but you can't let nobody in the game. You can't let nobody in. You play the games. You you get a record, and, and then you move on. I would be all for that, and I think most coaches would, versus the option of we're not going to have a season at all. So I, I kind of think what Dorchester, too, did early about not letting fans in the basketball games was a good move. Now they didn't let the media in, so I didn't. I wasn't real. I wasn't real keen on that. But but uh, but they did keep it, you know, safe for the athletes and and. Um, but now they got to Now they really put themselves behind the eight ball. If it's uh, late January, uh, that gives them about three and a half four weeks to get if if they can come back. And I'm assuming. Right. I mean, I might be wrong, Richie. You could tell me, but I mean, if they're not practicing all the way through January, <laughs> they're not going to be ready to play. If you take from December 13th all the way to January, whatever, 28th or whatever, uh, right. without playing basketball, not practicing, not conditioning, you're not going to be ready to play. You're going to need another two weeks. I, I just, I think it, unless the high school league steps in and extends the season, which they could do, uh, if right. they extend the season then you might be able to work it out. And they, they may end up doing that. That's their job. Their job is 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 to determine how and when and where the playoffs and all those kind of things take place. Their job is not to tell somebody you can't play or you can play or you can't. I think That's why I said I think it's good they let the districts decide this. But when it comes down to the other part, that's when they have to step in and create a bracket and create a system, and that's where – the only way I see that happening is if they extend the season. Yeah, and, and the thing that I'll say on that, David, from what I gather, that, that it's not an official virtual until January the 4th. So if that's the case, and again, I know we're learning this whole virtual, what we can and can't do, because I relate it a lot to hurricane situations, because, you know, when we have hurricanes in, they shut the schools down, that shuts down football season, which we see almost every year. So it's very similar to that when I try to explain it to myself or others, how this thing works. So if they wait and officially make it that January 4th date, which I think that's what they do, they should be able to practice throughout the holiday season. Or if, they not, if they're not, you know, you're, you're talking about, you remember the old movie Dodgeball where Ben Stiller came in at the end and he looked like that guy from Global Gym and he just looked like he, just a, he, he was out of shape in a big way. <laughs> that's what I see a bunch of basketball yeah. players rolling in there like they just came out of Global Gym. Yeah, yeah, and and you you know you've got Bishop England that shut down sports for December to try to you know they had they had uh, quite they had several cases in the school, not necessarily in the athletic department, but in the school, and with the contract tracing, everybody you know they they estimated like 150 kids had been around this this person in the band or whatever it was, um, mm-hmm. so they have to you know they had to close it down, and and Porter Gout has been under quarantine. They come off on December 21st. Uh, they play in the beach ball classic a week later, you know, um, if they have any kind of setback they they'll have to step out of the beach ball. Um, and the beach ball is moving forward. They're going to have their tournament, even though Ori County cases are, are exploding. Um, mm-hmm. so 
I, I'm not sure I agree with that either. But um, you know, the 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 virtual thing, not being able to practice thing, is the tough part. I can see games, but I I just don't understand. You know, I, I I've heard people explain it. I've had really smart people explain it to me, and I still walk away shaking my head. Why why can't they practice? You know, it's they're on the, they're in their own little bubble. Uh, you're letting them practice. You're letting them stay in shape. So when you do turn them loose to play again, they can jump right in and play. And and unfortunately, I mean, you look at Fort Dorchester's boys, uh, Somerville's girls, uh, right. Somerville boys are actually having a pretty good year. Ashley Ridge boys and girls are having a pretty. I mean, you're talking, but, but pretty good talent. You're talking about Fort Dorchester boys and Somerville girls that are really good. I mean, really good. So that that's really tough for them. I mean, Somerville girls are ranked fourth in the state right now. So I mean, they're right. they're a lower state. They're probably the lower state favorite. Yeah, he's done a great job with them. I know the coach pretty well after my years over at Somerville, and I knew it was coming together pretty quickly. And I, of course, I get to hang out over at the fort. So Coach Michael Veen does a really good job with these kids. They're five and zero, by the way, of handling business on uh, what was it Tuesday night last night over at Wanda. That was pretty impressive if you're a, a Patriot fan. David, we appreciate you, buddy. I'll let you go get to your dinner. Uh, text us, tweet at us, let us know where you're at so we can give it a shot tomorrow before we head out of town and go to Columbia for the weekend, buddy. Appreciate you, my man. The name, the name of the, the name of the place is called Antica Napoli Pizzeria. Antico. Oh, it's got an eye on the end. It's got an eye on the end. It's got to be good. It's got. <laughs> man, hey, do us a favor. By the way, tell your daughter Megan happy birthday. Hopefully, she enjoys it this weekend. Uh, I tell you what, man, you got a great family. You've done a great job with your kids and your grandkids, man. You're just living the life and eating some pie on a Thursday night in Charleston. Doesn't get any better. Or Wednesday, by the way. Yeah, if it's good, I may eat it on Thursday too. <laughs> Appreciate you, buddy. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. So there you go. <laughs> I love that guy, man. Look, David Shelton is uh, is one of those guys that, that really honestly, you know, he, he doesn't hold back. He tells you the way it is, and you got to be able to handle it. Now, I can tell you this. I, I can tell you this. The guy knows a little bit about everything and a lot about everything on the same voice. Eugene, do me a favor and check out the green room on the 843. See who's holding on with us uh as i see a caller there sitting tight we'll see who it is here in just a minute but uh when we go to break we come back we do have to head to charlotte north carolina where i'm going to be joined by a guy who was uh, supposed to join us monday didn't happen by the way because of well 2020 we blame everything that doesn't happen like it's gonna happen or it should happen on 2020 that's just the way it works out but uh we are going to take a quick break we'll take a christmas break how about that we'll play a little bit of christmas music for you here Heading into the top of the hour, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central. The bus is up to Charlotte, North Carolina, right after this. You're listening to the sounds of DJ Turk Nice. Do it, baby. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the Hold it, now wait. Hold it. That's played out. Hit it. Get me all that jive about things you wrote before eyes alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970s. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme.
me, oh my. Welcome to our number two of Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Allman alongside Eugene Benton coming at you for another power hour of sports radio right here on Southern Sports Central powered by, well, that is Blog Talk Radio. We're glad to be a part of the Blog Talk family here on every night that we jump on the air. Of course, don't forget tomorrow night, it is the South Carolina High School Blitz with the one and only First Lady of Southern Sports Central and the High School Blitz, Miss V. She'll do her thing from 6 to 9. I think Eugene will join her for at least a few of those minutes, if not all of those minutes, as they're going to have a lot of the athletes that are going to be ready to rock and roll and get into the show coming in Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, where we're going to hear from a bunch of those guys on the Elite 88 jump in here and do what they do here at a wonderful day and we hope it to be a pretty one. No matter what, we're going to get it on over there, of course, uh, in the Blitz Showcase slash All-Star Game between the Elite 88, 1 p.m. That's going to be at Ben Lippin High School on Sunday. You want to do us a favor, if you if you want a ticket, I, I, I got to tell you, you got to get there early. You got to punch that ticket because it's a 2,000-person 2, max, and that's it. Once that's in, they are not allowing anybody in. Once that point hits, and it'll be paper view through the fence, and I tell you what, the field's a little bit further away than, than than what you may be used to when it comes to that fence line. But the one thing that's not far away is our good friend all the way coming in from Charlotte, North Carolina. Let me give him a nice little uh, introduction. Without further ado, let me bring him in. That is the general from Charlotte, North Carolina. That is Reginald Walker, Jr. What's going on, Big Reggie, on a Wednesday cold, wet night that we are coming to you from Charleston, buddy? What's up? Man, cold, wet, nasty all over the Carolinas. But you know what? A lot of places got better today. A lot of college football programs picked up more players. They're bringing them in, and I'm looking forward to – you know, just being able to have these young guys be able to live out their dream of playing on Saturday. Yeah, let's jump right into that conversation because if you look at the top five, and I had this just earlier when I was talking to David Shelton, again, we, we say this so many times, the rich getting richer. Well, we, we kind of knew that, especially with the season that we're dealt with. Alabama still, I believe, number one, Ohio State number two, the Georgia Bulldogs number three, LSU sitting around number four after they had a abysmal season on the field. It seems like they're doing all right in the recruiting world there. They've got four 15 stars and one five-star. But then there's Clemson. It's right at number five. Very close to could be three or five. But, again, you look at that top five continuing to just get better and better, man. Your thoughts on who got rich and, and who really you think is going to be the surprise in today's, uh, I, I guess, uh, opportunity to get some of these young kids on campus? Well, the big thing I would say, guys, is is watch out for, uh, you know, some of these group of five programs, your Coastal Carolinas, your uh, Charlottes, uh, your Appalachian States, your, you know, Sunbelt, um, uh, Conference USA, American Athletic Conference. 
Because here's the thing, guys, and here's the thing I think we have to remember. This year, everybody was given an extra year. Well, now here come these freshmen as well. So what that's going to mean is for a lot of guys that may be, quote, unquote, a little older, some juniors maybe, if you will. Uh, Look, we know how it goes in sports. Coaches trend younger because they feel like the ceiling is higher. So all of a sudden, you may have, and, and, and I think it's reflected in some of the numbers within classes, right? Historically, you look at FBS-level programs, they sign anywhere from 22 to 25 guys every year. I'm pretty sure the max is 25. I heard a lot of coaches saying they signed 16 or 17, you know, less mm. than 20. And what that means is they're expecting that they're going to have some attrition, but also at the same time, they're going to have some guys that stick around a year longer because now they're going to be a fifth-year guy or even a sixth-year guy, right, because of the COVID extra year of eligibility. So now all of a sudden that guy is still there, and he is better than a freshman that is five years his junior, right? So all of a sudden you start looking at this thing, and I think it's going to be very, very interesting who may become available in the transfer market and the transfer portal over the next couple of months, because when these kids sign these letters of intent and then they sign their financial aid agreements, those schools are bound and they got to find a way to create some space. So I think there's going to be some conversations with a lot of college coaches and some older players that are kind of under the realm of, uh, look, I like you. I think you're a great kid. You've done everything we've asked. Where else would you like to go play and maybe have a chance to start? Because that's what the that's what's going to happen. They're going to indirectly have to maybe push out or run off or however you want to phrase it, three or four or five kids to make sure between that and the group that just decides to leave, right, because they've been in college five years or whatever, that they have enough room for all these freshmen. You know, the other question is we're live right now with the man with the plan, and he does an incredible job. Usually on Mondays, we got him here on a Wednesday, and that's Reginald Walker Jr. He's played in the Power Five over there at Penn State with one of the famous coaches of all times in Joe Paz. So the man knows exactly, exactly what he's talking about. But when you look at it like this, how many coaches do you think are, are saying, look, we just don't have room for you here but if you go to Georgia Military College or you go to Virginia Military College or you go to this other school, like we used to see Steve Spurrier was a really good coach at putting kids in a lot of different places and then bringing them in after a year or two. Your, your thoughts on, on do we see that kind of being a trend going into this year as uh, we, we kind of look at the, the, the ins and outs and some of the handcuff situation that even these coaches are in right now because kids aren't charged with a year of, uh, of eligibility? Yeah, if, if you're if you are the head football coach or running some of these what they call postgraduate programs, uh, Fork Union Military Academy, uh, Georgia Military, uh, like you mentioned, uh, a place like right here in Charlotte, Gyra Prep, which is a one semester postgrad program uh, as well. I, I think you're chomping at the bit um, because you're going to have an opportunity to bring in some really good kids. Uh, that can really do some things and, and, and play some pretty good, pretty good football just because the numbers trickle down. And so uh, post-grad programs, I think also uh, junior colleges as well, uh, because some kids want to get out there and get some things done and try to get the eyeballs of some Div- Division One programs, some FBS-level programs, I think that's going to be important. 
another thing I think we need to watch right here is uh, some of the road less traveled for some of these kids, right? I think you may all of a sudden, you may see a plethora of guys end up at the FCS level that were quote unquote considered FBS talent, right? Guys that maybe were borderline or, or the types of players that could go play at a place like Coastal Carolina, they may end up at the Citadel or they may end up at Furman or Wofford. And then all the trickle down from those guys, they may be looking for a home all of a sudden. And, and I work with uh, Charles Arbuckle and help out with an event. He does the Carolinas football showcase every year where uh, the idea is the only coaches that can come and watch these kids work out and, and go through some different drills. They're only division two NAIA division three junior college and, and post-grad uh, prep schools. Those are the only coaches we allow to come. That's why it's done after the division one signing period. I think any of those types of events that may happen this coming spring, they're probably going to see a higher enrollment or a higher registration number than they ever have because there's going to be more kids, uh, for lack of a better term, probably looking for a home. And that's why I've been saying even throughout this year, some young guys that decided to go into the transfer portal, guys, excuse my language, but they damn well better know they have a home when they decide to transfer from wherever they are because the numbers are skewed and roster sizes and scholarships are all jacked up because of COVID. So you've got to be smart. If you're going to leave the place that you're at, you better know that you have a landing spot because this thing's going to get 2020 weird, guys. Yeah, and you mentioned something. Let's dive into this one. And it's not shocking that Shiloh Sanders, by the way, you know who that is. That's the son of uh, Deion Sanders, who's now the head coach over Jacksonville State. He is going to uh, – is transferring to play for his father over there at the school that he's at right now. Not shocked by that. But but there seems to be a lot of guys in, jumping in this portal that, that I'm hearing, and I'm hearing that it's becoming fuller than expected this time of year. Is that not one of the most – I think it's almost a bigger chance than the chance you took when you signed out of high school – is now at this juncture, at this time during this era, to jump into a, a portal like this, is that not just a very – I don't like the, – there's another word I want to use, but I'm going to use gutsy move uh, on an athlete to do something like this during this, this, this time of year. Oh, it's, 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 it is. Uh, and here's why. I think there's two pieces to that. I think what you just mentioned is, is absolutely spot on. Uh, but I think if you add to that this, a lot of the kids are doing it based on trying to project if the guy ahead of them Mm. is going to come back or not. And they don't know. I talked to two college head football coaches today at the FBS level, one at the power five level, one at the group of five level. And they both told me they don't know what's going to happen with some of their, which were fifth year guys, right? They don't know what's right. going to happen with those guys. And one coach told me he's not even going to have those conversations until January. So, again, right. if, you're, if you're looking at the recruiting class coming in, right, that just signed today, and then trying to project if the guy ahead of you is going to stay or not, knowing that there's a guy coming in behind you, and you say, well, I'm going to jump to the portal, what happens if all of a sudden that older guy leaves? And you're stuck in the port. 
because the other thing about this, right, Richie, is relationships. So if you're going to go to your head coach and say, I want to go to the portal, and I'm, I'm, I'm not happy because you guys aren't going to start me, and then you brought this other freshman in who's highly touted, and I'm mad at the world, and I don't want to work to earn my <laughs> job back. I just want to go. Well, what happens if you don't have anywhere to land? Mm. Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to figure out, then all of a sudden, you may end up going from an FBS, right? And I'm going to make this up. I don't know that this is the case. But what if it's a kid from a place like South Carolina or a kid in Mm -hmm. Coastal Carolina? And then it backfires, and all of a sudden, the only place you can land is at Lackawanna Junior College in Pennsylvania because that's the only place you can go. Now you're really in a tough spot because that may not be where you want to go. May not be a fit. They may have a bunch of kids coming in there that they're work they're focused on. You know, so it, it's I just think that this is one of those years to where the old school mindset of put in the work to find a way to contribute to your team, it, it, right. it can't ring any louder than it does this year because you just don't know what the numbers look like. And that's why, guys, I also said, and and you've heard me say this, right, Richie, a few times. I don't know if I'm leaving and taking a new job this year if I'm already a head coach somewhere, because I don't know what that roster is going to look like. And if you think a coach doesn't know what that – whoever's going to take over Auburn, the only thing they probably know is Bo Nix is coming back. After that, they don't – what if all those dudes, because they stunk this year, what if all those dudes come back, plus the however many they got coming in this year? Who do you run off? You're the new coach. You didn't recruit not one soul in there. Right. Do you run off the freshmen who you're going to need to, to build your foundation with and build your program with, or do you run off the seniors that you need to win right away? That I'm, it's, I just think this is one of the most dangerous years in, in terms of, right, because coaches talk about control. Coaches are control freaks, and they, right. and they tell players, control the controllables, don't worry about anything else. This is a situation where they are going to be out of control walking in the door because they don't know what they have. That's a great way to put it. Let me ask you this. You talked coaches, so we know South Carolina's got their guy. Oh, wait a minute. Did you see Vanderbilt? I thought there was a process you had to go through. I guess not. Vanderbilt announces within about 12 hours. I didn't even know they fired their coach, first of all. Didn't know they hired a coach, second of all. Man, where did this guy come from? And and give me your thoughts, man. As crazy as it is, it's like coaches are just, uh, you know, kind of being left at the airport like you saw back in the day with Lane Kiffin type stuff, man. It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, it is. I actually think I actually I actually like this fit of Clark uh, Clark Lee up at uh, up at Vanderbilt, and and right. there's several reasons why. Number one, obviously, uh, he played at Vanderbilt, um, and I believe he grew up in Nashville, um, and so those two elements right there I think are important. But I think the most important element to this, Richie, is he's been at Notre Dame. He understands the academic limitations or, or uh, uh, admissions limitations 
based on the academic prowess of that university that he's going to have to deal with at Vanderbilt, not only because he played there and had to go through them and go through the scrutiny himself, but more so lately, he's been trying to recruit kids to Notre Dame. Listen, one of the things that we know at Notre Dame, and you can talk all you want about Brian Kelly, and you can say what you want about the previous coaches, whether it's Bob Davey, Tyrone Willingham, Charlie Weiss, Notre Dame, from what I understand, in talking to coaches that have worked there, Bob Diaco uh, uh, was also there. He's now the head coach at, at uh, uh, or he was at one point at UConn. Um, but one of the things that coaches that have been assistants there um, have told me is it still remains difficult to get kids into Notre Dame because they don't lower those academic restrictions for the athletes. If they do, it is a rare difference maker kind of player. Um, I know a prime example, one kid from right here in Charlotte, uh, Prince Shimbo, when he went up there, a high performer in terms of the classroom. That's, that was part of how he got in. Uh, a guy that I know that I used to work with years ago who played defensive end at Notre Dame, Justin Brown, who finished his MBA uh, at Georgetown later, um, a high academic performer. You cannot get into Notre Dame thinking that I can run fast, jump high, and hit hard, and I'm going to get in. That is not how it works at Notre Dame. And now the new head coach, Clark Lee, at Vanderbilt understands that and can go into Vanderbilt knowing that he has those types of expectations uh, in terms of academics, but he also knows and understands how to navigate it because not only has he been at Notre Dame, but he also grew up in Nashville and played at Vanderbilt. Now, that being said, the man talking right now is, I believe, from the state of Tennessee. Am I right? Right? Not too far from Nashville. Yes, yes right? sir. So you, if anybody can say anything about Vanderbilt, it definitely would be you and Paul Fonbon because didn't he have a connection to Vanderbilt, just thinking about it? Paul, Paul uh, I think so, but I know he graduated from the University of Tennessee. That I do know. Right, Tennessee. I knew, it was, I knew it was somewhere in the state of Tennessee. It's just amazing how he's such an Alabama homer, but that's another show for another day and another segment. I just, it, it came to my mind because I, <laughs> I like having fun with that guy. Hey, look, as long as they're making noise, you're doing something right, whether they're booing you or cheering you, you're, you're getting paid either way. It's when they don't talk to you. It's like right. dating. When the girls quit talking to you, yeah, you're in trouble. Now, let's talk about the dating and the romance and the courting of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee rankings. It came out last night. As of December 15th, Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, number three, Clemson number four is the Ohio State Buckeyes, who doesn't have to play much but have a big chance to get in. Texas A&M and Cincinnati, nope, Texas A&M and Ohio State, Iowa State, excuse me, is the fa- is in the line to get in, right? That's, that's kind of how that looks. Now, as of the college football contenders, final opponents, Alabama versus number seven, Florida. Number two, Notre Dame taking on number three, Clemson, right there in your backyard, big man. Again, number, th- number mm-hmm. three, Clemson will take on Notre Dame. Number four, Ohio State taking on number 14, Northwestern. Number five, Texas A&M at three and six, Tennessee. Number six, Iowa State taking on number 10, Oklahoma. And boy, the Gators taking on, like I mentioned early, that number one Alabama team. Give me your thoughts when you saw this breakdown and throw in Coastal, who I think deserves to be a lot higher 
than they are, not just because I'm from Myrtle Beach, but let's just be at re- the reality of it is you've put everybody in front of them. They beat them. They brought in another team on national TV, had one of the highest ranking games in ESPN history books, and still are sitting at number 12 as far as the college football playoff is concerned. Yeah, there's a couple things to unpack here. Number one, if you look at where Cincinnati is, especially after what just happened with Florida, if you look at where Cincinnati is and where Coastal Carolina is, the committee is not, and I said this before the season, they are not letting a group of five team in the college football playoff. We could just, uh, they can say what they want and say there's a path. There is no daggum path for a group of five team to get in the college football playoff. They, they can stop saying it. I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, right. With that being said, you look at Florida, they dropped one spot for that bad loss against the three and five LSU team. That's unacceptable as far as the committee is concerned with, in, in my opinion. Uh, look, I, I look at it like this. I think, uh, barring something really weird, but I, I don't even know that we're going to see anything really weird. I think the top three spots are done deal. I really do. And, and to be honest, I think if Ohio State wins on Saturday, they're in. I don't think there's anything anyone can do to leapfrog Ohio State sans Ohio State losing a football game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if Clemson, if Clemson gets hammered by Notre Dame, then we might be looking at something different because I think then they'll probably be out. I anticipate them beating Notre Dame, which means those three teams will be in. Notre Dame would fall to four. Ohio State wins the Big Ten. They'll jump to three. You get uh, Alabama, Notre Dame in one semi, and then you get uh, Clemson and Ohio State in the other semifinal. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, who do I think can make a run, can, can leapfrog and get in there? There's only one team, in my opinion, that has a shot at this thing. And to me, it's Iowa State. It's not Texas A&M. Because if, if it were Texas A&M, they would have already – they've had ample opportunity to move the Aggies above Ohio State. As far as I'm concerned, when I look at A&M's resume, everybody keeps saying their defense has stepped up the last couple of weeks. Their defense stepped up the last couple of weeks against uh, uh, an atrocious LSU team and a dumpster fire of an offense in, in Auburn, which led to Gus Malzahn being fired. So I don't want to hear that conversation. That's I'm done with A&M. They barely scored 20 points uh, and, and, and really didn't look great. Look, you can look at the statistics defensively that they put up against LSU, but that offense was an absolute disaster. They were rotating two freshmen in the game that had no clue what they were doing. I, I don't want to hear about Texas A&M. And if, if the committee thought that they were a better football team than Ohio State, they had ample opportunity to move them up from a, quote, eye test standpoint, and they haven't done it yet. So if Ohio right. State adds a conference championship, in my opinion, you definitely can't. The team that can that is a threat right now to me, looking at the latest rankings, is Iowa State. The reason why the committee seems to love Iowa State, regardless of the fact that they lost to Louisiana, who eventually lost to Coastal Carolina, we can play transitive property all day long with that. <laughs> but what I see in that is, They love Iowa State. They love the story. And Iowa State is playing Oklahoma, another Big 12 team, another top 10 team for the Big 12 championship on Saturday. If Iowa State were to win and all of a sudden Notre Dame or Clemson gets hammered, I think they leapfrog Texas A&M and find their way into the college football playoff. And Texas A&M is standing outside holding the bag trying to figure out what the heck happened. That is my personal opinion. 
based on what I've seen from the committee, my opinion don't matter. Neither does yours, neither does Kirk Herbstreet's nope. or anybody else's. <laughs> because if you listen to Gary Barta, he's going to tell you one thing out of one side of his mouth, and then when you ask him about the same team, he's going to talk out of the other side of his the other ear on the other side of his face. If you listen to, and I almost said earlier, hey Richie, I'm just going to go Gary Barta. I ain't going to answer not one question for you tonight. But I'm not that type of guy. At the end of the day, when you look at what the committee did, it makes no sense in so many ways. Uh, essentially, you're going to sit there and tell me that you, you're missing a data point because Cincinnati didn't play, so they lose a spot. But then uh, Florida loses to a 3-5 and five LSU team, and you drop them only one spot. Iowa State beats a team that's not very good, and you jump them up four spots. I am lost, guys. Eugene, I know you wanted to chime in a little bit, buddy. Go ahead. Exactly. And and here's the thing is, you know, I, I'm with you because I think a team that's 11-0, the only 11-0 in the country, should get a chance, at least an opportunity, to, to play in something like this. And there have been other instances with Central Florida. I think they had a probably uh, a couple of years ago, they probably had a better resume at the time than Coastal does now. Um, and, and they weren't allowed to play in one of those top bowl games. However, you know, I started thinking about it, and I really started digging in today, and I looked at it as like this. They're a business. Uh, you know, the whole college bowl system and their business is to make money. Their business isn't a football game. So what I was thinking is, though, and it's almost playing a little bit devil's advocate, do we want to control how a business performs and how they make money? See, because – Here's the thing. If you have an Ohio State, you have a nationally, uh, uh, you know, brand, a national brand, same as a Florida or a Notre Dame. Probably Notre Dame's a little bit better example. So for them, they make their money, their profit on how many butts are in seats in front of a TV. Since especially now, since they won't be at the game, uh, and that drives the ratings, and that drives you know how much they can sell a 30-second commercial for. So in a sense, I understand the business model they're trying to make money. As a fan, I understand, and I want a team that, you know, the only 11-0 team getting a shot. I want that NCAA tourney of 64 with the Cinderella. Uh, a couple of years ago, what was it, uh, Florida Gulf Coast, who went to the Sweet 16? Uh, you know, and they were back in our days of high school in the mid-'90s, College of Charleston, Almost took they took a, I think an Arizona team that won the national title with Mike Bibby and those guys to overtime. You want to see those as a fan of the sport. However, you know, like I said, I, I took that hat off. I looked at it and I said, you know, all the people griping, you know, you're trying to tell a business how to run itself the most successful way when they are probably looking at like you know at the end of the day. Uh, you know, can I sell that 30-second commercial for $1 million, or can I sell that 30-second commercial for $4 million? And I think, you know, we all know when you're at the end of the day, when you have shareholders and, and, and you know, profit margins, you're going to sell that commercial for $4 million to do that. you got to have the butts in the seats, and the national brand's going to bring those butts. Here, here's the thing, Eugene. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. My issue is with the committee is they say, no, we want, we want the four best teams, and it has nothing to do with money. It's not about TV ratings. We're just here to crown a champions. 
That's not true. Okay, then you and, stop as long as, and, and that's my whole – right, that's my whole point. I don't – here's the reality. I've said this for years. If you don't like me, tell me you don't like me. I'll walk on the other side of the street. But what I – none of us wants the person that tells them, hey, we're great, and then you go talk to all your friends, and all my friends are like, yeah, Richie doesn't really like you, man. That, that's not – that's not the truth, and so th- that's where my issue is with this committee. And, and I'm not suggesting Richie's the type of guy that would do that. But what I'm saying, <laughs> is, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying don't, is, don't you're, you're absolutely right, Eugene. Don't tell me it's raining when there ain't a cloud in the sky. But or, or don't tell me I'm your best friend and invite everybody else to the wedding, but not me. Right, right. And so I, as I look at this, that's my issue, right? They tell us every year that the group of five has a path, yet we've seen undefeated seasons. We've seen one-loss seasons with several wins against top 25 teams. We've seen all of the paths, I think, that are possible, and they haven't gotten in. And so the reality is they don't have a path, number one. And and number two, I, I think the best point you made, and I think a lot of people are not thinking about this, This is a year in which no one will be in these stadiums. It has to be about TV ratings because that's the only way the money is getting made this year. And you know what? I get it. And you know what better way to make a whole bunch of money than Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State? Ohio State has the biggest alumni association membership, I'm pretty sure, in the country. Notre Dame is a national brand with their own TV deal for one school. Alabama, we know what the Crimson Tide has been forever. And Clemson is the ACC darling that Dabo has the charisma and personality, and they got Trevor Lawrence with the long, flowy, wavy hair that wins games, and he's the surefire number one pick. Those four teams are going to get the eyeballs that the committee wants, and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't tell us it's not about that. And tell us it's only – now, with that being said, I do think at minimum those are four of the five best teams in the country, at minimum, four of the five. I don't – Notre Dame may be more like the fifth best team in the country as opposed to fourth, but I still think those four teams are amongst the best four or five in the country based on everything we've seen this year. So they wouldn't be getting it wrong from an eye test standpoint. My issue is they continue to tell us there's all these other criteria and factors. There aren't. They just use them to argue one way or the other when, they, when, they, when the time is convenient for them. So there's that. And then they tell us that there's a path for the group of five, which there isn't. Just, my thing is, just don't lie to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that's the biggest problem as uh, we're live right now with the man, usually our 7 o'clock Monday night guy with the plan, Reginald Walker Jr. up there in Charlotte, North Carolina. We get him here on a Thursday for 30 solid minutes, buddy, but uh, we got to do it again here on Monday. I'll be back in here with you on Monday. I got to catch up with you off the air because I want to invite you somewhere on Sunday. Uh, I'll give you a gold pass. You just got to show up, hang out, and, um, and, and, and man, I got to tell you, you're going to see some amazing junior athletes around the state of South Carolina and uh, if you want to come up Saturday night, I'll take care of that, too. But let me get in touch with you once we get off the air and, and get you over here to this bowl game of the juniors in the state of South Carolina if you have a chance. 
Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. We'll get that worked out and, and see can't we make something happen there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, I, one thing I will say, because I know a lot of high school players uh, are watching and listening uh, to you guys, and you guys do a great job with that down there and, and engaging that group. Uh, listen, high school kids, you know, continue to play hard, work on your game, get better. Uh, and when you go to look at a school, it, it's more than just how quickly can I get on the field. Uh, maximize the opportunity, maximize the situation. I tell the story all the time. I had a college teammate who came in. He was a kid that gray-shirted. Uh, two and a half years later, he graduated, uh, walked in Coach Paterno's office and said, hey, I want to get my MBA, but the main classes that I have to take are during the time where we'd be in practice. Uh, Coach Paterno said, go get your MBA, kept the kid on scholarship. Uh, four and a half years after coming out of high school, this kid went straight to uh, – straight to Wall Street making a quarter million dollars a year with no bills. Um, so at the wow. end of the day, it doesn't have to always be about the NFL only. It, it can be about building your career and starting your career with no financial issues at all to deal with. So uh, I leave that with the young people. Um, and, and that's one of those stories that if you look at and you maximize what they're going to give you, if you're going to be there in the summer, take those classes, push towards your degree, get finish your undergrad, and get to grad school as quickly as you can and maximize that opportunity while somebody else is paying for it. Uh, so, guys, I appreciate it. As always, love being a part of Southern Sports Central and, and jumping on and talking ball with you guys. Uh, take care of yourselves. Until next week, we are. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. And he's going to go out in style as he does every single Monday, usually right here on Southern Sports Central. I want to thank Reginald Walker, Jr. He's uh, the man with the plan in Charlotte over there in, of course, the Queen City where he covers multiple colleges and teams in and around the Charlotte area. He does a lot of great stuff for us behind the scenes, things that you don't even know, guys, that he's done for us to help us grow on multiple levels. I hope that we can work it out to get him over there as our guest over at uh, on, on Sunday, excuse me, over at Ben Lippin. We've got a break because we're taking the bus. It's going to be the mystery bus because I don't know where P-Shuck, by the way, is located right now, but I do know he's hanging out with us for the next 30 over there with the Sirius XM College Sports Group, guys. A little bit of that Bethune-Cookman band since they didn't play this year. Let's give them a little bit of that beat in between one and two. Bringing him in in style right now is the one and only P. Shuck, all the way from Sirius XM College Sports. He does an incredible job producing multiple shows, getting to meet many great individuals along the way. It's been a minute there, P. Shuck, but uh, 
Good, happy Wednesday afternoon from wherever you're calling from. Parts unknown. I'm, a, I'm from parts unknown. Uh, currently, uh, I am in uh, snowy, snowy West Virginia. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, I'm going to say conservatively eight inches of snow out there with a nice little coating of ice on top of that. So it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, something I've never discussed with you, uh, is this show a mustard-based or vinegar-based uh, barbecue show? Eugene, come on in here, buddy. I know <laughs> Eugene is our big food guru, by the way, so I'm going to let Eugene take his side, and I'll give you my side. Eugene, chime in, buddy. Well, even though I'm down in the low country, I'm a PD, which is that middle strip of South Carolina through North Carolina uh, to that western side. I'm a vinegar-based guy. Ah. And I would agree with him as well. Wow. That, that totally yeah. took me by surprise here. I mean, I enjoy both. Uh, I mean, I can definitely get down with some vinegar base. The, the mustard base is really, I've turned the corner on that over the last a couple of years, but I did not, I, I was not predicting, you guys caught me off guard. I was totally was expecting the mustard base. <laughs> yeah, my dad, man, he is a big time pig picking kind of guy, right? And what he does is he'll get the whole pig. Since it is the holiday yeah. season, let's talk about it, man. He gets the whole pig, and he gets the head. And the women used to look at him kind of crazy, like, well, what are you going to do with it? He goes, I put it on a stick, and if you've never been to our function, our, our gathering, if you will, you are, are, are like our guest uh, among – you're kind of like the whatever, the guest of the night. And he puts your name around this hog's head with a cigar in its mouth and a hat that he chose for right. whatever reason during the year. And, and, and it just sits there. But then he – it's. Spends, my dad spends hours and hours of making this vinegar base that he pours into the hog there as it sits inside this pit. And, and I got to tell yeah, you, yeah. man, he starts that thing around 11 the next like 11 yesterday, and he won't let you touch it until sometime around about 4 or 5 o'clock that next afternoon. That's how serious it is. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've attended a, a pig picking or a few down in uh, the Rocky Mount area. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, lived in, I lived and worked in down in Wilson and uh, in Rocky Mount. And uh, yeah, they're, they're no joke, man. I, it's a it's a it's a blast, and, and uh, it definitely uh, you get your fill. So I'm down for that. Well, next time you come down to the Grand Strand or you're in the area of Charleston, I'll I'll treat you to that. I'll make sure Dad goes over to Conway, gets a hog, puts it on the grill, and or puts it on the pit. I apologize, puts it on the pit. He puts yeah. shoulders on the grill, but he puts uh, on the pit. He'll get that big long hog, and it's kind of like a buffet, if you will, when it's not COVID season. So it's. Definitely oh, yeah. uh, it's something you can't wait to get to, man. But, uh, man, how, how's everything with you and the family? I hear the little ones there in the background. That brings just music to my ears when I hear the little people during this weird year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, they uh, uh, sun's gone down. It's a little too, uh, a little too chilly out there. They've been out running around in the snow all day. Uh, I see uh, Conway did right by Coach, by coach today, giving him, locking him down for an extension. Uh, I was pretty surprised that uh, – I thought for sure that the, the some of the bigger names would have been calling for him, but I'm, I'm glad to see he's, he's staying put, though. That's, that's, that's really good news for the, the Chanticleers. Now, let me let me ask you that, though. This guy gets a mega deal today. Well worth it, by the way, Coach Chadwell, who's been on the show just about a month ago. He's actually was going to try to get on this week, but we had some things kind of move around. But maybe next week after they hopefully win that, that, that conference championship this weekend – 
Did you think maybe that, that, that he would land in a place like Vanderbilt? Or where do you feel, other than Coastal, over in Conway, Myrtle Beach area, that he's a perfect fit? We see that. But where did you kind of guys over there at, at Sears XM, where did y'all see him landing during all those hate days that he's having during 2020? Well, I mean, look, you, you have no idea what Auburn's going to do. Okay, so just, I mean, there's been, I mean, they, they started with Hugh Freeze, and there's been rumors about Kevin Steele and, so you just – and they hired a search firm so they can just burn money. Um, so who knows what they're going to do. But, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I, I thought that, you know, firing Gus was – I mean, I don't know how – I mean, I don't know what more they were expecting out of what they got out of Gus. I mean, especially this year, you know, it is kind of what it is. Uh, Vanderbilt, I, I don't know the attra- what's going to be, be the attraction for that job. Like what is what are you, what are you selling for Vanderbilt? Is the fact that it's a that it's an SEC job and that's pretty much it. The facilities are garbage. You're not going to get paid anything and you get your brains beat in. So I mean, if, if you want to go for a full, I mean, you, you got to have to talk to the 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 AD and the president and the, you know the, the the whole crew there and see if they're going to finally going to invest in at least in the facilities because right now, unless you're a member of the baseball team, your facilities are horrible. So now there was thoughts of <clears throat> maybe in Illinois would be a good spot for him. You know, he's he's a guy that, you know, if Lance Leipold doesn't get it, maybe him. You know, why not? I mean, that's a kind of a middle-of-the-road Big Ten job, lower part. You win seven games there, they'll build you a statue. They've got new – they've got new – they've just put up new facilities there. They've got the Chicago, uh, Missouri – kind of triangle area to, to, to work for as far as recruiting, you can get players out of there, and it probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been a – they probably would have paid you somewhere in the range of 2 to $3 million a year. I thought maybe that would have been a, a spot for him, honestly. Um, mm. You know, I don't think Texas is going to happen. USC, there's no way. Uh, so, I mean, Helton stays – you know, I mean, he's there's still going to be six and zero, but I I still think, but he's done out there. The USC people were are, are still kind of thinking that that's still been not what they what they really bought into. He's not really energized the fan base as it is. But I thought maybe Illinois, you know, of of a job that's that's honestly that that's that's a job that's semi entertaining and the, the the expectations are reasonable by college football standards and. The, the base and the facilities and the commitments there. So, it, it, but I'm glad he's staying where he is, honestly. Now he's a guy, by the way, Jimmy Chadwell, I believe is from Tennessee. So that's why I kind of had that Vanderbilt thinking process or anything in that area of the, the state's border and up to it. Now you mentioned Auburn, of course, they, they are now in, in the higher end mode. It, and they, that's going to be tough enough. It's hard enough to recruit against Alabama. Now you're going to go try to go get a coach during this crazy period, during this train, crazy time. But Texas, to me, also in a very similar boat here. What are you guys hearing over there um, when you guys are having all these guests in and out of your shows uh, about Texas? I mean, is an Urban Myers that's just never going to happen? And you're going to fire a guy who, who now there's nobody there that wants that job. Well, Del Conte uh, said that they're, they're sticking with Herman. Herman's their guy. Um, I, and I think it's because Urban – is they're not. I think for them it was Urban or Bus, and I think mm. Urban turned them down. So they said, "Well, look, we're, we're going to stick with Tom Herman for now, you know, until unless they can maybe 
coax Urban back, but you know, I, I for some reason I get the feeling that that Urban may that Urban may be done for good. You know, he he's got he works two days a week maybe. Fox is paying him a boatload of money. Um, it's you know his wife and him. You know, she seems to really want to keep him home. So um, and he and you know with his other issues, I don't think that he he's really rushing to get back on the field. I, I, I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but that's just kind of the feeling I get. Um, now, Texas, you know, they they want somebody, you know, they need somebody, obviously, that's going to hit the – really get the high school base there. they got to keep the kids from Texas. Oklahoma continues to raid them for their top talent. They, 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 they can't seem to, to find, you know – a quarterback that's going to be next level. Sam Ellinger is a great, a gamer. He's you know he's he's got all he's a good kid, but he's not he can't throw the ball thirty yards. So you know they he's not a dynamic playmaker. Um, so they need they need a, a they need a trans they need some, this is really terrible. But they need somebody they need another Vince Young, and I know they don't just fall off trees. So, but that's what they need. They need they need a player like Vince Young because that's the kind of guy that's going to work best in the Tom Herman offense because he he's got the arm and he's got the legs. Look at all the guys who worked well in his offense: Cardale Jones, Braxton Miller, uh, J.T. Barrett. All those cats that worked under Tom Herman, they all had the same thing. They were all dual threat guys, but they were all high level dual threat guys. So, if you don't have that, then his offense isn't going to work. But he can't seem to find that guy, uh, you know. So they need to really address the, that recruiting situation and the cornerback situation if they ever want to take Texas to the, to the level that it needs to go. Now, Bring it on right now. Uh, go ahead, Eugene. He's, a, he's in the state of Texas. How can you not find that guy? The state of Texas produces probably one of the most uh, per capita NFL quarterbacks. And I know NFLs aren't aren't usually the dual threat guys. But look how many quarterbacks leave the state of Texas and go to the University of Oklahoma or Texas Tech or or other schools and and have done really well. I mean, back in the day, you had a kid at at, at Kansas that won 11 games. You had a kid at Missouri that won 11 games. You had all these guys. So, you know, if you can't recruit, find a quarterback in the state of Texas, something's wrong with how you evaluate, in my opinion. Well, a hundred percent. And the problem is also, well, before, all right. So you got to think about this. When Tom Herman came in here, he came in after Charlie Strong, right? Well, Charlie Strong, when he came in to to take the job, he, he told the Texas high school coaches association that he basically didn't want to do nothing with them. He wanted nothing to do with the Texas high school coaching association. So that immediately burns you for, well, he was there, what, three, four years, four years, four years. So there's an entire recruiting three years. So almost an entire recruiting cycle flushed down the toilet. So then Tom Herman has to come in and rebuild all that. So, and the Texas high school coaches association, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the mafia down there for, for, to get your, to get the players. So, yeah, I mean, he's obviously, he, the evaluation isn't there. The pitch isn't there. Um, and going into this cycle, the fact that they probably heard that his, his job was in danger wasn't helping either. I mean, look at Michigan. They, they Multiple kids and multiple, multiple recruiting guys have already said that 
you know, they have a top 10 class, but their top 10 class. All right. So the difference between Alabama at one and Ohio state two and to, and to uh, Michigan at 10 is like uh, the distance between, you know, uh, earth and Jupiter because they're so far apart. So knowing where your coach is going to be, it definitely uh, hurts, hurts your status in getting players. Now, now, let me ask you this when, and Richie again here with you, asking you, Pichuk, when you look at – talk about coaches kind of going off and, and doing their thing, you, you see what Ohio State's got had to do. They had to rewrite the rule book inside the Big Ten just to get them in to the college football conversation. Dabo Sweeney decides he's going to have his say-so, and he says, of course, uh, you know, he believes. Dabo Sweeney says, if I was on the committee, it would be hard for me to leave out a 10-1 A&M team and an 11-game Florida team, of course, you just watch them get embarrassed by LSU and throw shoes around and all that kind of garbage. But but now you, you see the conversations of who gets in, who gets out. How do you kind of put all this together when you're going to see some of these championship games this weekend? Is, is there a way that, that an A&M team, or like our last guest just came in here, Reginald Walker, he mentioned Iowa State probably having the most attractive outside chance of getting in of this conversation? Well, number one, I don't know how or why the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten would have championships games anyways. I mean, if you want to protect your best shot to get to the playoffs, to get that money, which I believe is somewhere in the neighborhood of $6 million that gets divvied out to your conference for making the college football playoff, how would you risk it? How would you risk it? I mean, they've already pretty much guaranteed that – Clemson, Notre Dame, Bama, and Ohio State are in. Why even have the games? I mean, right. because I mean, outside of what you're getting from TV revenue, but I mean, that's not going to be six million dollars. So, um, but that's I guess that's a different conversation. But my opinion is is why isn't a team like USC getting more more love? They've they've played they they've, they're going to have as many games played as Ohio State. If Ohio State and USC both finish 6-0, and what is the selling point to put Ohio State in over USC? Game control, but they gave that metric up three seasons ago. So if you're going just based upon they have one, they have one quality win, and that's against Indiana, and that's a game they had to hold on to at the end, that Indiana roared back and could have, uh, you know, they, they roared back and lost by what a touchdown, but it was late. Uh, the, the Ohio State's defense, and then we talked to a bunch of Ohio State guys, the concern with Ohio State is they're secondary. Well, they're, they're, they're going to come in and probably be a four seed and go against, go, go, go against Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and Alabama, who, by hmm. the way, throw for a trillion yards. So is that an, an, an enticing matchup? Probably not. But – Ohio State's going to beat Northwestern probably by three touchdowns. If Clemson, if Clemson wins, why wouldn't they put Notre Dame and Clemson both in? And then right. you put you take the loser, let's just say is it Notre Dame, put them at four, have Clemson and Ohio State rematch again, and then you'll have Bama, Notre Dame, and then Clemson and Ohio State, and you're off and running. I mean, right. but if Clemson were to lose, if, if Notre Dame were to win, and they, and they make it two in a row, I I just have not seen Ohio State 
and I'm sorry, Oklahoma play in a game, a Big 12 championship game, where they're not, they don't show up ready to play and ready to do some serious damage. I don't see how they go into that game against Iowa State, a game that Iowa State hasn't been in since like the 19 or never since its inception. But I say Iowa State hasn't played for a Big 12 championship since, you know, the Great Depression. So. I, I, they just haven't been in big enough games consistently to where I'm going to say, yeah, let me. I'm going to take the Cyclones over the Sooners in that game. So, right. so Oklahoma, but you're not going to put a two-loss Oklahoma team in. There's no way. So right. now you come to the, the now the seven and one. Uh, we'll, we'll assume Texas A&M beats Tennessee, so I put them at eight and one. Put them in, uh, but that that loss. Their one loss, I mean, it is to Alabama, but it was, they were embarrassed by Alabama. So, right. I mean, so now you're – my point here is the, the long, long way to get to it is why couldn't USC sneak into that conversation then? Right. Well, let me ask you this, though. You know, I'm going to play the other side of it, and, and we asked Reginald the same thing in, in, our, in the top of the hour, Cincinnati and both Coastal. Now, now I can argue for Coastal because they're right here in my backyard, and – and I get we, a chance no, to we can all, of, all of us normal thinking human beings can right. argue for coastal. We can we can argue for Cincinnati. We can right. and you can make an argument. And you can, if you can make an argument, they want to make the argument for BYU. You can make all the arguments for the group of five teams, the mid majors, and they all make one hundred percent sense, except for the people that are in the college football playoff committee. They can't get it out of their mind. They, I think, they're they're all. Not only are they putting teams in for the playoff, they're also trying to think of getting eyes on the TV. So they're also trying to get fan bases attracted. So they don't – while, while we all know that Cincinnati is a damn fine football team, and we all know that Coastal is a damn fine football team, the idea of having this – the idea of shopping the Cinderella to, to, the, to the masses is not as appealing as saying – you know, can Ohio State – Ohio State will meet Alabama. Hundreds of years of tradition, you know, the, a Sugar Bowl rematch, you know, from, you know, 2016. It's just they're, – they're looking at it as how can we sell this to the, um, the, the, the fan, the average Joe fan. And so I think that, they, that they're, not, they're not looking ahead and saying – you can sell a Cinderella story. Can Cincinnati knock off the powerhouse that is Alabama? Can Coastal Carolina take down Clemson or whatever? Right. They're not looking at it like that. And, and that's wow. short-sighted, and it's, it's, it's truly ignorant if you think about it. Yeah. Um, now, and you're not, doing, you're, not doing the sport any, you're not doing the sport justice. And you're not, I mean, because half of the – March Madness itself, the, the biggest tournament that there is, Butler, George Mason. These are the kind of teams that people uh, – Loyola Chicago a couple years years ago with uh, the old – what was your name? Sister Mary or Sister Jean. Mm-hmm. These are the things that, that people rally around in sports that they love, pulling for the underdog, pulling for the nobodies to, to see if they can upset the Titans. Those, those things get views. Now, the games are t- terrible, the March Madness ones, mainly because they play them in freaking – Lucas Oil Stadium or something, and they're not played in a gym. So, 
Well, I, I, I think that they change this. Instead, and instead of calling this a college football committee, they had to change it to corporate America selection. Because that's really what it is. It's all corporate America. It's pushing the dollars. No, and if yeah. they've never had a chance to be everybody else like you and me to be so right about how they really are all about the bottom dollar, this right here shows. And, by the way, and I'll give you a, another minute before we got to go to the top of the hour, but to me, this gives me every argument of why we deserve a top ten. I understand eight, but even ESPN has a not top ten. Ten is a magic number. It's always been that, right? You've always been able to be in the top ten in many polls. And I think that this would be the one year, the 2020, they could have made an exception. They could have made some money. They could have put Coastal in. They could have put Cincinnati in. You could have found a way to put, you know, of course, Southern Cal in here because, like you mentioned, they've got the eye test. They, they There should be there. But not having but four teams in the same four teams it's like watching Bill Murray in Groundhog Day to me, man. I'm kind of tired of watching the same four over and over and over again. Yeah, and when, when they, this this was the year of all years. They had they had the opportunity to expand, and they could have said, look, we're just going to do it for one year. We have the opportunity, right. you know, because of this, that, and the other unfair metrics. They could have made any excuse they wanted to and said, we're, this year we're going to go 10 teams. We'll play the first round. Uh, at, at home field sites, and then we'll move to bowl game sites, and then for the final four, we'll go to the you know the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, and then the national championship, you know, in Miami or wherever. I mean, they, they right. could have done that, but and do instead, and do away with the and do away with the conference championship games. I'm not sure if you said that too, but do away with the conference championship yeah. games. You know, at the end of the year, are you're number one? You're number one. That's just the way it worked out. You had a chance to beat them during the season or whatever the case may be. You didn't do it, right? And, and here's what we're gonna do. And so we're going to start well, the, the season thing, as soon as the regular season's over. Right. And the other thing is that if you think about it, the we all people, the college football group as a whole, you, they, they wanted, they said, well, we'll be happy because we're going to have human beings watching these games and picking the playoff teams. We're going to be happy about that. We, we don't we don't like the BCS. We don't like the computers. It, you know, we, it's terrible. We need we need coaches. We need people who watch these games. So you, this is what you get. This is what you get. You get people right. who say, okay, well, we, all we have is the eye test. And when I look at this, I see that I see an Ohio State uniform, and I see a Coastal Carolina uniform. I've never seen that. They play on a steel field. They are nowhere as good as the Ohio State Buckeyes. Right. That's, I mean, the eye test, can, the eye test I mean, you, you argued for humans. You have to deal with the human flaws. Well, you, you, you buy with your eyes. When you go to the grocery store, what do you do? You buy with your eyes. When you go to the menu, they put pictures on there because you buy with your eyes. And, and so I get it, P-Shuck. Man, I appreciate you catching in, hanging out. Uh, and, and always, man, um, you think Alabama, I know you're a big tie guy. So uh, Alabama wins it all. All of this conversation doesn't matter because your boys over there in uh, Tuscaloosa do what they do. I'm just going to be happy if we can get through uh, Saturday with nobody getting hit by a shoe. Because you're playing the Gators, so you never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then, and then all the bets are off, man. Uh, I'll be happy if they, obviously, I'll be happy if they win it all. I'll be stoked. Uh, but most importantly, I just happy. Ha, ha, hope everybody has a, a great holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and you know, let's just get all this behind us and and look forward to a, a great 2021. Hey, brother, appreciate you as always. God bless you, your family. Happy holidays to y'all. And I'm going to give you a buzz off the air because I got some things I wanted to ask you, get some advice on the show. But thank you again for making time for us and hanging out with us, buddy. All right, man. Merry Christmas, y'all.
All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only P-Shuck. He is with, of course, Sirius XM College Sports. He's one of the great producers in the business. He produces shows from all those big names in the world of sports that used to coach that now sits in the booths like Eugene and me and do it big over in the studios across the country. Because you remember back in the day when uh, multiple coaches would call in from their home and, and, and do shows, whether it be in the pool or wherever they may be on the golf course. We got to go because this guy, oh, this guy right here coming up is not on a golf course. I'm thinking he's in the film room because he is the head coach of the, well, Elite 88 Junior Bowl representing the eastern side of things where we are located here in Southern Sports Central. We'll talk about that with their head football coach, Smitty. That is all the way over in the world of C.E. Murray as we come out of break right after this. Hour three coming up now. Hey, welcome everybody to our number three here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Richie Altman alongside Eugene Bent. Want to thank our guest in the last hour. Of course, started off at seven o'clock with Reginald Walker Jr. Played football for Joe Pa and the Nittany Lions as he grew up there in the state of Tennessee. Got the opportunity of a lifetime to play for one of those lifetime coaches in Joe Pa. But then he moved over to do some big things in Charlotte, North Carolina, where you can hear him on multiple radio broadcasts covering a few college teams in and around that of the Queen City of Charlotte. But you can always hear him right here on Southern Sports Central. He's part of the staff, usually a 7 o'clock guest on Monday. We didn't do a show Monday, so we came in on a Wednesday. Then at 7.30 to, by God, West Virginia, did we check in with the producer from Sirius XM College Sports. He checked in. That's P. Shuck, a big roll tide roll kind of guy. He's an Alabama guy, but he's, he's a fair guy. I got to give him credit as he's usually pretty down the lanes when it comes to breaking down film, opinions, and everything in the world of football, basketball, and sports. So now it's time to come to the film room, and we're going to check in with a guy that's going to represent the lower state of South Carolina in the Elite 88 game. Coming up this Sunday, yep, this Sunday, if you don't know, here's your invitation. We're going to be over at Ben Lippin. That's going to be in Columbia. Follow us on SO Sports Central for the retweet here in about 30 seconds. It'll give you the address, but it kicks off at 1 o'clock. The maximum amount of bodies we put inside this stadium, and that's including myself, our staff, and everybody else inside this, inside this facility, is 2,000. You've got to get there early. You've got to get your tickets. Players will be ready to roll as we bring in their head coach from the East, and that is Coach Smitty. What's up, Coach? Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? A wonderful night, man. Had a great group of guys come in. I figured we'd bring you in as uh, you and I are going to be catching up here uh, in about 48 hours. We're actually going to be coming in a little earlier than originally slated because it sounds like some basketball is not going to happen on Friday night, which this is not a good thing, but not a bad thing. We're always focused on the good part, and that means that Eugene and me will – be able to bring the crew up there uh, a little bit earlier. You and me will be able to kind of hash it out, Coach. But uh, all eyes on you as far as Eugene and I are concerned. As you know, Southern Sports Central is in the lower country. (laughs) High school blitz in the upper state, Eugene. Chime in here, brother, because 
you, you know like I know, Eugene, this guy on this phone better bring out a dub and bring home a win for the lower state, or he's buying you and me Hall's Chop House come Monday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's funny because we're, we were taking off the West team on that DM level, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, we need to be part of it all. But uh, then I found myself kind of pulling and rooting for some of the East guys, and we were in that coach's, you know, text <laughs> message. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. We're moving players to the West and losing players to the East. Unfortunately, we had a couple of injuries in the playoffs. But, you know, right. at, at the end of the day, when you look at the defensive squad, uh, you know, Coach Smitty picked some, some massive ballers. But we got some daggum good guys on the offensive level as well. So, uh, you know, and I say we because we are in the lower state. Uh, you know, we're not supposed to root for a certain team. But, you know, there there are quite a few guys that uh, Coach Smitty drafted that I know personally and work with this, that, and the other. So it's hard not to pull for a kid that you love and you're with every day, day in and day out. But, uh, you know, we've entrusted all those guys, all the elite 88, you know, the 44s uh, to Coach Smitty. I think he's going to do a good job. You know, we've got a good uh, game plan uh, installed. And I, I saw him already, you know, busting out, you know, with the quarterbacks, wanting to send them the game plans and, and, and uh, you know, that kind of thing. So it's exciting, Coach, man. We're ready to get there and ready to get this thing kicked off. I, I'm more excited for Saturday and seeing those practices. Right. Exactly. Not- we're pumped up. We're ready to go. Now, of course, uh, we're live right now with the Eastern head coach of the Elite 88. He's got his 44 ready to go. And to kind of give you some film here, uh, Coach, uh, the the big man over at the high school Blitz, uh, along with myself, came together as, you know, we're going to play the Senior Bowl on the 2nd of January up there at Woodland. So we had to go over and, and do some business meetings on Saturday. And then he and me and, uh, you know, uh, his son actually sat down over at um, a local restaurant here in Somerville. And, and and it's all fair, right? I mean, I want to see the guys in the upstate do extremely well. Matter of fact, I want those guys to bring all the heat they can bring because I want to see what we got down here in the lower state. You know, we got some rebound to do after the state championship games. Thank God at this point for Dutch Fork because uh, the rest of the uh, low country, we didn't do with lower state, we didn't do so well. But that's all right. That's why we got Sunday four and the second four to make up some ground. But you know, like I know, me and uh, me and Ken definitely – sat down, had a conversation is, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, but I've watched your energy coach. I really have. I, I saw, you know, you and I got to know each other pretty well through the summertime. And, and then we brought you on this show multiple times. And then congratulations on a great season, by the way, at CE Murray, you guys did great with all the things that you were up against off the field to do what you did on the field. I thought it was incredible. Great group of young men that you put to battle that went to battle for you and your staff and the school and the community. But once that season was over, it was like that light switch from being the coach at C.E. Murray to being part of that Southern Sports Central and high school blitz bowl in the junior world of things kind of went on, Coach. Uh, What kind of hits you when you realize that, man, you got the 44 best juniors out of the the lower state, not low country, but the lower state sitting in front of you coming Friday night as far as getting ready to go to war for you this weekend? Right, you know, and and this is um, a collaboration uh, across the low country and across the lower state for uh, putting together this team. I got to give a shout out to my man uh, with the SC Outlaws, Mal Lawyer, if he's out there. We got a couple of um, his uh, former 
players on this team, and um, he, he and he's doing a great job training guys. I was down there uh, Saturday at Woodland scouting some guys and then seeing where they would fit in our game plan that are on the team. And uh, man, we're excited for these 44 guys because you know coming in, you, you're you're worried, am I going to get close to the best 44? And I. We're, we're pretty darn close. We got some extremely talented players in this game, guys that I know I'll be seeing play um, Power Five football, as, as well as a couple of them. Looks like they're headed heck to the NFL. So um, we're pumped up that, about the talent in this game. And you know, it, like you said, we even gave some guys to that other team because um, we were so loaded here in the uh, lower state with talent in this class. And, um, you know, anybody that broke on that Columbia edge fringe, you know, we kind of try to split it up. But uh, there's just so many so many talented players out there, which is a, a tribute to all the high school coaches in our state that are doing a great job um, bringing these kids up. Because, uh, I mean, I, there's probably another 10, 10 guys maybe we, we, we left off the roster that – could have right. been on the roster, maybe, but you know that. But gosh, we got some talented guys. I mean, um, you're talking about guys like Antonio Williams, and, uh, uh, Dutch Fork, and Davin Jackson at Sumter High, and you got Ryan Berger at Myrtle Beach, and um, Jaleel Porter down at West Ashley, Boots Mitchell up there at Berkeley High School, and. At your at the school you represent on Friday nights, Fort Dorchester, Demetrius McKelvey. I mean, uh, and then we go even into Columbia where we got Andre Washington, Antonio Gaines at Ridgeview, mm. and, uh, Chase Swigert, and um, uh, what's the other? Xavier Short at Chapin. I mean, all these guys <laughs> have multiple Power Five offers. So, sure, uh, it's unreal to have that much talent at one time in one game, um, and, and it's showing us the future of football, yeah, and, you know, we can sit there and fight it all we want, but you got to you gotta get with the times. The times are getting earlier and earlier. It right. is what it is, so so I'm glad South Carolina is finally catching up, and hopefully uh, next year and the year after, or even back for this junior game, it is the junior game all-star games in our state. Uh, as we know, with early signing day, which took place today, as early sign these days, and they're not able to play in any all-star games. So that, that's where we're headed in the future. So your junior games are going to actually be more important than your senior games um, here in the near future and, and going forward. We're live right now hanging out with Coach Smitty. He is the head coach of the Eastern side of the world the lower part of the state of south carolina in the elite 88 junior showcase bowl game tickets to be sold at the gate 12 dollars stadium capacity is uh, limited so you want to get there early 1 p.m kickoff you can catch us at ben lippin high school at 7401 monticello road in columbia south carolina 294 to uh, 29 was it 29203 excuse me uh, is their address, and we'll get that retweeted out there for you guys. But, you, you know, Coach Schmitty, I, I got to tell you something, man. And I, and I know there's kids that are thinking, well, how did I not make this list? Well, let me tell you something, guys. Normally, in a non-COVID season, 
There's at least a North-South game, a Shrine Bowl. Perry Parks has a game, and, of course, our game, right? That's not the case this year. This is the only one. So we had to do the best that we could do. And when I say we, I mean these coaches, by the way, because here's the cool part. Southern Sports Central and the South Carolina High School Blitz, neither one of our committees joined together as one, picked not one kid on these teams. This was a chosen selected, and we did this on purpose so that these coaches could use the players they chose. And to me, I think it's a great thing. I understand the scenario of it all. I think we just lost Coach Smitty. He'll get back with us in a minute. But to me, I am excited to see what exactly is about to go down, Eugene, on that day coming up this Sunday. But like you mentioned, brother, I'm excited about Saturday. I can't wait. We're going to get up there on Friday. We're going to do some things. You know, if we get there early, we might do a surprise show. We'll wait. We'll see. But I know we got three shows set up for Saturday morning, Saturday around noon, and then Saturday afternoon where we're going to have some um, some media day stuff for a lot of kids. So it'll be a lot of fun. We may put you and me in different rooms to kind of do this, but I'm looking forward to it. Coach Smitty, you're back with us. Uh, just kind of talking yeah. about how you guys were, were able to do things. And, and we talk about players all the time, but but I got to give some love to your coaches. Tell me, introduce us to your coaching staff. I know all the guys on the yeah. list, I, I recognize them all, but but you give us who is the coaches that are going to help you lead your guys in that elite 44 out of the uh, the low country or lower part of the state, excuse me, to a win on Sunday. We got Coach um, Joey Steele from Fort Dorchester uh, leading our offensive line and um, another Fort Dorchester coach, Coach Kevin White, leading our wideouts. Uh, we have um, Coach Cedric Bennett and Coach uh, Jason Myers from C. Murray, one leading the running backs and then Coach Myers leading the defensive line. And then we have Coach Modzell Atkins leading the defense overall, defensive coordinator for the East team down at Lakewood High School in Sumter. And, um, you know, he does a fantastic job over there. And then we have um, Terrence Butler from the Myrtle Beach area. Soccer uh, C grad, by the way, guys. Yep, soccer C grad (laughs) helping out with the secondary. So uh, we, we got a fantastic group of guys put together and we try to get, you know, a couple guys from each area of the low country, low state, you know, lower state. And right. um, that way we're able to canvas the area for guys that we were missing. Um, because again, this year was abnormal. We didn't, some teams didn't play as many games. Heck there was, uh, people don't realize there was one, a uh, couple of teams that didn't play at all. Like Lee central, who's a, team outside of Sumter and uh, Bishopville, they didn't, they didn't play at all this year. So, um, you know, that, there's stuff like that we had to deal with and not there wasn't as much film from this year. So you had to go back to last year's film and evaluate kids that were uh, sophomores. And, and then you had to also the coaches I know were extremely busy just taking care of their own teams. They didn't have a whole lot of time, um, you know, to deal with – trying to get stuff into an all-star game, especially when all the others were canceled. And I I, tru- I understand it. I, I know it was a stressful um, six weeks for for all coaches. And, and you know, I, I would hope we never have to go through that again. I mean, it, it was definitely stressful every day out there uh, trying to meet the demands of the virus and, and at the same time keeping your community safe. So, 
um, you know, that was another aspect of it. So we did the best we could. And, I, and like I said earlier, I mean, we might have missed a few, but gosh, we got some talent on this team. I mean, you can even look at our kickers. And I know uh, Eugene's smiling because uh, we got a great kicker and, and his kicker, uh, Spencer McKinley. He, I mean, kid kicks 50 yarders regularly. I mean, where do you see that in high school? You know, and then we got a kid from Hilton Head uh, Prep, Trevor Weldon, who, again, awesome kicker, you know, hits consistently from about 40 yards on out. They both can put it through the end zone on kickoffs, and uh, they both can punt the ball. So, I mean, uh, heck, you know, if you're a football coach, you love all aspects of the game, and those guys uh, definitely are part of it, too. Hanging out with Coach Smitty. He, of course, is the head football coach of the eastern side of the Elite 88. His 44 guys will represent the lower state of uh, South Carolina in the Junior Bowl, brought to you by Southern Sports Central and the High School Blitz. Two companies coming together as one about a year ago with a handshake, and it's been a friendship and a family ever since. As uh, Southern Sports Central, very proud to bring in their family along with the family over there at the High School Blitz. Of course, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, you will hear the first lady of uh, the High School Blitz in Southern Sports Central. That's Miss V. She'll be doing her thing right here from 6 to 9. A lot of players are going to be joining that show. I think Eugene is going to jump in with her tomorrow night and uh, hang out. I'm actually going to take tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's my uh, my youngest daughter's 13th birthday, so I'm going to step away from the world of media and the phones and just play uh, play dad to my own there for about, I don't know, the rest Happy of the day, birthday. if you will. How about that, man? 13. My oldest is 20, by the way. I got two girls, two boys. I got a 20-year-old daughter who is a sophomore in college. I've got, of course, uh, you know, coach, I've got a 17-year-old son getting her to graduate high school. And then, uh, you know, I've got two little ones that one getting ready to be a 13 year old daughter tomorrow or tonight at midnight. And then my 10 year old son, man. So, you know, but but, you know, what's it's fun. And, and you chime in on this, too, coach, because, again, uh, you're a Citadel grad. You're a Citadel guy. You played football for the Citadel. Uh, you came from the north. So we you know, we, we, we don't hold that against you down here. But that being said, you make an incredible impact. And we talk about character of our coaches. And, and when we chose you, as we chose Coach Wilcock as well, it was the character of what you guys do in your communities and what you mean. And I mentioned my family because that played a mega role on bringing both you guys in to be the coaches here, just like we picked you know, the coaches that are going to represent the senior bowl here in a couple of weeks. Family, family, family. And the things that you do in your community, whether it's ride on the bus, delivering meals as you did during the summer months and, and, and the things that I see that you do, not only by your pictures on social media, but those who share it with me, Coach. For me, you know, I, I just kind of wonder, you know, when, when you start to put things in order, and you're in a rural area of South Carolina, correct? You're in an area that, that doesn't always get the cameras, doesn't always get the newspapers, doesn't always get the headlines, but yet you constantly put out athletes because they will find you if you put in the work. Correct, Coach? Correct. And, you know, that's what guys got to realize that are in those rural country areas and, 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 you know, guys who are not within the city limits that no matter where you're at, if you put in the work and you're a, a great character kid, a great kid in the classroom, they will find you. Like, you know, we found Kendrick Clark at Woodland High School. 
Woodlands and St. George, as you know, you were down there this week. There ain't much going on in St. George either. And this kid's one of the best DBs and, and is going to be a, a guy I, I feel confident that will get a Division One uh, offer someplace. Jamie and Risher, Wade Hampton, again, another country town down there. People don't realize there's two Wade Hamptons in our state, one in the upper state and then one in the lower state. Um, and then you get, a, you know, a, a kid I can't talk uh, enough about is Geo Davis at Hemingway. People remember that name. Uh, the kid's a fantastic kid, and, and I coach against them. They're our rivals, but he's a fantastic player. He's the next in line out of Hemingway, which has produced so many great athletes throughout the years, and uh, he's just a high-quality kid that, that again, made a name for, him, for himself in a, you know, in a small town. Um, and then you got, you know, our guys that, that we're bringing in Tyree prunes is uh, one of the best uh, dual threat quarterbacks slash safeties. I think in our state of a six, three, 180 pound guy that can do both. Um, will probably be a DB at the next level. We don't know. I mean, Mike can be a dual threat depending on the offense. Um, and Quayshay Gamble, another guy who is, is a senior guy, plays D-line, um, wreaks havoc on the defensive line. But him and Geo Davis, who, who lives in Hemingway, they go together and they lift on their own. So they don't even wait for their coaches to lift. They do that and they do extra and, and lift, you know, two times sometimes in a day, which is unreal. Um, but they'll find you wherever you're at. Dillon High School is a perfect example of that. Dillon, there ain't much going on in Dillon, but, you, you know, we got two players from Dillon on the roster, Trayvon Johnson, a linebacker, and then Nigel George is just a firecracker. I don't know if people watch that kid's film, but go to Twitter and look up Nigel George, and you'll see a kid that's like a rocket ship. So uh, <laughs> Nemo Squire, who couldn't play due to injury, is also on that team. And he's a rocket ship, but Nigel George is a rocket ship as well. <laughs> so uh, they'll find you. Um, and then we got guys like, you know, Trinity Burns, Regent Bennett, uh, uh, athlete, just um, small school, you know, skis the school uh, outside of Florida. Well, this is uh, Eugene, Coach. I tell you, you know, you follow the uh, Twitter uh, group on the DM group just like I do late at night. And I tell you, that Geo guy. He's such a vocal guy. You know, he, he's definitely somebody I think is going to come in and be your kind of vocal guy at practice. I mean, you know, he just right. seems to be, you know, when guys do this, he said, you know, he's the one that said, hey, you know, read up above. Coach has already told you what the hotel was. And then he wants to know who's organizing what, who's doing this, who's doing that. He definitely seems like that vocal guy that when you get him in the practice field, is going to be one of your leaders, especially on that defense. And I've seen him play. You know, I watched the film. I went back. I got the interest. You know, once I saw him there, like a lot of the dudes, and, and you know, he, he's he's going to be fun to watch. But the defense, and like I said, I, I harp on the defense for your team, and that's no disrespect for your offense, but the defense is just killers. And you just added a couple more because of injury uh, this past week. Uh, if they can make it down in the Beaufort County area, who are monsters themselves, uh, but, you know, right. I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a defensive guy. Now, a couple things right. I want to say real that, quick. One, I want to I, I want to thank you for the love for Spencer, and I know he hit you up uh, on Twitter a couple, uh, maybe last week. You know, once I, I texted him after I saw that rule and said they can return out the end zone, he said, well, Coach played on uh, the Citadel. 
field, so I'm going to show him some film of me kicking out the back of the end zone. And, oh, by the way, I put one through the upright on a kickoff, so hopefully I can do that in the game and we don't have to worry about uh, them returning it. They can't return it if I kick it out of the back. So, um, anyway, That's but right. I want to move on from – I want to move on from that, and I tell you, you know, speaking of the country kids, you got one. You got one at USC, and I remember playing against that guy. Y'all cut our butt, man. We jumped out to an early lead in the first quarter, and then that kid just took over in C.E. Murray that night, and he's doing big things, and I'm sure with the new staff coming in at, at Carolina, you know, I, I know he's about to graduate, and I hope he stays around and plays some more ball. I, I think you said he's got about two years of eligibility or two seasons worth of eligibility oh, yeah. left. Wow. That's amazing. So hopefully he can follow your advice and get them to pay for that graduate degree because, you know, that kid is a dynamic. Like I said, he hurt my feelings. I limped home. That's a long drive home one night after getting your butt cut, jumping up, you know, 19 to nothing, and then watch uh, – Number one, just take over the game and put it in the end zone six times. Right. But I tell you, uh, Friday, so Richie and I are getting in. What time are you getting in Friday? Do you have your schedule yet? I'll be there around two. I'll be there around two. Oh, wow, Richie. um, We're we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to getting and started getting all these guys on the field, like the two you mentioned from Beaufort County, like, and I know – Again, another guy from a small town, Whale Branch, Joseph Hicks. People need to watch his mm. film. Linebacker, running back, he can play either position, I think, in college. God, that kid is good. Well, one guy Rich and I talked to, and that's the running back that you added from uh, West Ashley and Jaleel, man. He is something Jaleel else, Porter, yep. I tell you. Yeah, he is something else. And, you know, uh, when one. we talked to him, we, we had him on the show and talked to him. You know, he said he had been getting some interest from East Carolina. I think if he has another good senior season, that kid's going to go to a big school. He's got – I mean, that kid just has a boatload of talent. I think he's got a great uh, running back coach over there and a good system under Coach Kiefer, and we're looking forward to him running the ball as well on Sunday. But, yep. you know, definitely, like well, I said, I'm looking forward to duo, practice. You got, that low country duo, you got him and Dimitri Simmons from Goose Creek, and both both of them can really carry the rock. So that's going to be – uh, it's going to be hard for me to, to make sure all the backs get carries because there's so many. I mean, we got four legit running backs. Um, and like I said, Joseph Hicks is, is right up there with Porter and, and Dimitri Simmons. And then, uh, you know, so, and we got the kid from, um, oh, Lord, uh, North Myrtle Beak and, and the kid from um, Mikel Lance as well from uh, Loris. So, uh I mean, it, it, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to get these guys all out on the field at the same time. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about our defense as well. Like you said, I mean, we got big guys like James DeVeas that a lot of people haven't seen. That is another Low Country guy at Oceanside, and um, Jonah Freshly at Conway, another big guy, and then Jaden Big Man Johnson. I'll tell you what, people are going to get to know that kid. And don't forget, don't forget, you got a kid named uh, Ron Schauber. This young kid's going to come in there and do some things for you, That's too. Right. I know, you know, we got so many names. That's why I said there's so many names that, that I know that you want to hit. even mentioned the linebackers, and he's one of them. And, and also at Ashley Ridge, <laughs> a kid that will knock your block off Malek Holback. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, yeah. 
and Ashley Grid. So him and Rowan, uh, I look forward to seeing them two terrorize some people. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time. We're up against the break. I look forward to seeing you. I'll be there uh, Friday afternoon. So you and me and Eugene and a bunch of us can sit around and uh, let's talk a little shop. But until then, stay safe, and uh, we wish you the best of travel, safe travel to Columbia. And uh, we'll do this again all weekend long is why the radio on and ready to interview you and all your players, Coach. Awesome. Safe travel, guys. We'll see you Friday. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the head coach of the South Carolina Elite 88 Junior Bowl brought to you by Southern Sports Central, the high school blitz. It's going to come to you on Sunday, 1 o'clock, over at Ben Lippin. Guys, we got a break. We'll take it now. Then when we come back, oh, when we come back, I'm going to hang out with a kid that has done an incredible, an incredible job at introducing what five-star graphics looks like. That's right. We're heading to the camp with Jay Bryant Productions, and Josiah is going to join us right out of this break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelvin alongside Eugene Benton for the final 30 of Southern Sports Central right here on a beautiful, well, it's not so beautiful, but it is a Wednesday night here in the Low Country, 832, the 16th day of December. Only a few days away from that big game coming up in Columbia. That is the one on Friday night, and then they will go to the one on Sunday. Now, the one on Friday night is going to be at the campus where you just heard that band well, the horn section from Benedict College playing there. I tell you what, if you've not seen the YouTube or when that guy starts breaking it down where it becomes just as much of a battle in the stands of the bands from one side to the other side, search that one up, check it out. You'll be glad you did. But on Friday night at 6 o'clock, you'll see the final two-way state championship game for the South Carolina High School League takeoff. You'll see the boys of Abbeville and Marion over at Benedict College, as again, 6 p.m. is that kickoff. And then 
don't go anywhere. Stay around. Hang out with us in Columbia because then we're going to be over there, Ben Limpin, hanging out, kicking off at 1 o'clock on Sunday. You got to get there early. It is a uh, going to be a, a only a certain amount that's going to be allowed in. There's going to be a set limit of capacity there coming in the gates. So you want to get your ticket early. You want to get in early. You want to get your spot. There's not a whole lot of uh, stands, but you can bring your own chairs. And uh, we've got all that set up for you to get information. If you need to reach us, do that at Southern Sports Central on Facebook or go at us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Inbox us, and my team will do what we can to update you, educate you, and get you ready for that big Elite 88 game. And what did we do? We did our best, and we got the best. I'm bringing the best. Our newest partner here on Southern Sports Central, our newest family member, as we spent Sunday with Mr. Josiah Bryant and Jay Bryant Productions, along with Mal Lawyer and that of the Outlaws, all three of us are going to be doing some great things in January. And I thought, why wait? Why wait? Why not get Jay Bryant Productions to get in the car and let's go up to Columbia and do what we do to show the ballers that we can ball out on our side as well. And with that, let me bring in Mr. Josiah Bryant himself. What's going on, big money? Hey, man, how you doing? We're good, man. Getting you some radio time. Going to get you some filming going on this weekend, man. Life is good. God is great. We're coming to the plate. I'm excited about having you, man. There's a lot of people really pumped up when I made the announcement, as you saw on Twitter, that we had partnered up because you do what I don't do, right? I mean, I'm not a camera guy. Don't want to be, can't be. I got not a lot of time to be. And and I do this side of things, and I'm sure you're kind of the same way. You don't want anything to do with this side either, huh? Right, yeah, I like staying behind the camera. I just like putting <laughs> together a movie and showing everybody. <laughs> so, so, so let's get to know you, man. Again, I had a chance of meeting you a few years ago. I remember it very well. I think Berkeley, by the way, was probably in town, or it was Goose Creek, one or the other. We're over at Somerville. You and I met over on the field. Right, you had your right. team of about five. You remember that? Been a couple years. Right, yeah. But, man, I have – You live in the press box. And we, I think we fed you. I'm pretty sure I made sure you guys ate, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, yeah, you guys fed us and everything. That's when I was like, oh, yeah, this guy is pretty cool. He fed us pizza and gave us food. Like, that was pretty cool. It was a cool moment. Yeah. It was our first, that was you... our first like, time. That was our first year actually recording games and stuff like that. So everything was really new to us. Right. But look at you now, man. I mean, I've seen some of your videos, brother, that nowhere is nearly, nowhere nearly guys that have been doing this for years can touch what you guys do on a day-in-the-day-out basis, man. And it's only fitting that God cross our paths once again. Actually, this is like the fourth time I find I was like, okay, God, you know when God tells you a couple of times, do this, do this, and then finally you're like, okay, I got you, man. Because you and I actually hung out, remember, actually at, um, I, I believe it was a, a training where we had um, Chachi had come in town. Remember that? We were at Goose Creek that day, yeah, weren't we? Yeah, with Yeah, with, with, with yep, Yeah. Um, players out there in training, Coach Chachi. And Coach Chachi, he had a trainer from Charlotte, I believe. Yeah. Right. Down here, training a couple of kids. Yeah. So, so, so give me – who – give us the introduction. Of, I know you went to Berkeley High School. You're a graduate there at the Stags. And, and, and of course, uh, where right. did this like – where did this all come from, man? Were you born with a camera in your hand or it's just something that you <laughs> kind of fell into in middle school and you thought, man, this is something I'm pretty good at? Um, so I started when I was in high school, my senior year, I played football at Berkeley. So I was always, I always loved football. So after high school, after our senior year, I looked, I put together like some clips, like from the news and my friends. And I just like started editing them together. And then like funny story, I kind of got in trouble by the news. 
And it was like, I can't use their sound. I was like, okay, I was going to buy a camera and put the clips together myself and started recording basketball. I recorded Berkeley High School State Championship when they went to state in 2019. They run when they went to state. I recorded that, and I followed them ever since. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do football now. And then ever since then, me and my friends, RJ President, Terry Robinson, we they've been helping me since this whole this whole time. Really. Now we're hanging out right now with Josiah Bryant. He's with Jay Bryant Productions. They are, of course, part of that Southern Sports Central charm here. Uh, as they will continue as of 2021, we're working together as one and doing what we can't. They will do it to do it extremely well, and that is bringing together. You know, three organizations in one, and you and I had a chance to hang out Sunday in that outlaw meeting where we sat down and kind of laid out some stuff that, you know, I won't put out here. But, we're, you know, I'm looking forward to doing things like this, man, having the chance of being the guy that works directly with you. And you and I, of course, are going to do many things like this. There's going to be another game that I know we're going to blow up on the second. But when you go to these type of games, Josiah, what are you looking for? What What is the things that, that, that you really kind of catch your eye for those athletes that are like, man, I got to get them to – Look this way. What do they need to be doing to catch that camera lens? Honestly, really ball out. I always like going to different schools and just venturing and seeing the other athletes. Because there's always, especially in the low country, the low countries are highly slept on with talent. And there's talent everywhere in the low country. So we just try to venture out and go to as much school as possible and find the talent that people might not hear about. And then just highlight them. Not even just highlight them, highlight the whole team. And the way we, we make our videos, so fans, like, so viewers so viewers can just look at the video on their TV or their computer or their mobile phone, and they can just be like, wow, and they can really be sucking to it instead of just watching it for the first two minutes and then clicking out of it. Like, I want people to watch the video from the beginning to the end. I'm right now hanging out with Josiah Bryant, one of the newest members, him and his team from J. Bryant Production, joining forces with Southern Sports Central in 2021. We're starting early, right? We're giving you guys some some free opportunity coming up this weekend as he and me and all of our friends are going to be heading up to Columbia to cover and uh, take care of the business up there at the one and only Junior Bowl. It's the only junior uh, all-star showcase bowl game in the state of South Carolina. We'll have the Elite 88, the 44 from the upstate, taking on the 44 from the lower state. And Like I mentioned, we'll do it again in the first week it's going to be the second day of january and then you and me are going to be heading out on the road a little bit uh with the outlaws man i tell you now you've done this before have you traveled with them before yes this was my third year with the outlaws out coaching my own outlaws yeah so this is every this seeing, is this really is me traveling with them the first year we traveled with them they had about coach mouth put about how many Pretty, you've been about like 10, 15 players in Division One. Tyler Lee Krabs at UNC, O'Donnell Fortune, um, Carolina, Amorian Dollison, USF, USF. And he, he, Coach Mal, he can find talent. He'll, he'll make it work, and especially on the 707. This year, it's going to be real exciting this year with the talent he has coming back. And the 2021 players are allowed to play this year, so it'll be a lot mm. of fun this year, 707. And, and there's a guy, by the way. Oh, it's it's loaded up, Josiah. Now, you, it, you go ahead and mention the other gentleman that's got some connections to Berkeley, but also to the Outlaws that's getting ready to go in the draft from the Gamecocks. Israel? Oh, yeah, Israel. Israel, yeah. 
Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. How much do you – and, again, I say this because I'm curious your thought process because you really honestly – it's a craft. It's a gift. It's something that I believe that God's given you this ministry to work the way you work because it's it's almost like flawless every time you put something together, brother. So, you know, as I said, as a quarterback, I moved over as a DB later on in my life, and, and I was able to read the offense because I had played on that side, as you know, now as a defensive guy. But when you're on that camera – do you kind of go into football mode and, and kind of know what this guy is going to do because you played in that position? Or how much do you kind of get into that mindset as a camera guy and doing the, the perfection that you put together? As a camera, the main thing as a camera guy is being on that sideline and knowing what players are coming because players run full, like players running full speed at you on the sidelines. So you always have to know when to get out <laughs> the way. Um, I played DB as well in high school. So just knowing like, just knowing, sometimes just knowing what play is coming before they even know what play is. It's real. Being on the sidelines is real fun recording. And then just sitting back, and after the play happens, somebody gets, like, juiced or hit hard. Like, you can – I can look back at my camera and be like, dang, that's crazy. Like, it's real fun. How many times have you, how many times have you or your team members been taken out yet but not noticing because you're so enriched <laughs> into the play? How many times have you yeah, been man. taken out, man? To be honest, it hasn't happened yet. We haven't had a girl on our team that's got hit with a head in the football. But me and my friend RJ hasn't happened to us yet. Probably knock on some wood. But, <laughs> yeah. There's been plenty of times when players coming towards the sideline and we have to get out the way and stuff like that. But. We're hanging out right now with Josiah Bryant with Jay Bryant Productions, one of the newest family members of Southern Sports Central. Is, of course, we do the audio stuff. They're going to be bringing the visual stuff, and we're going to be doing it here in about another, well, let's just say a uh, few days as we'll be heading over to, uh, well, Columbia. We're taking these guys along with us to put together some film. And I know, let me ask you, man, when we release that information out there on social media, how, how much did your phone light up? I'm sure – it lit up three times as much as mine, and my phone hasn't stopped yet with guys excited you're making the trip with us. <laughs> yeah, I had a good bit of guys coming to contact me about us coming to the game. I, once I announced it, people were pretty excited for us, especially in the low country guys, because there's, there's not really a lot of media outlets, like videographers that come down here in the low country and give us give people in the low country some support. So I'm glad to come up there and give them some support and then let the, let the update know as well that, we're, we're here to stay. Well, let me ask you this, sir. So, see, look at you, man. You're thinking like a radio guy. Good segue there, Josiah. Now, you're not only going to be taking care of the, 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 the lower state. You're going to be covering the entire state with us, like Southern Sports Central and the up and, and the lower side of life. You know, uh, for these guys, you know, for them to get in touch with you, I'm sure you're going to be able to bring some information for them because we'll have a media day, by the way. That's going to be on Saturday that I know you'll be a part of and heavenly – but, uh, you know, Saturday we'll do the practices, media days, a walkthrough, and then Sunday's the game. But but what do these guys need to be doing in the upstate to stay in touch with you? I think following you on social media is probably one of the easiest ways to go. Correct, yeah. Follow, they can follow me on any – I have Instagram, I have a Twitter, I have a Facebook. Um, I even have a TikTok. They can follow us on any social media out there that they want to and just contact us and follow us. And, now, the number that's on your Twitter handle, is that your direct number? Correct, yes. Okay. Yeah, because I know that was one of the things, Josiah, that these guys were asking me in the upstate. They're like, man, look, I've seen a lot of work, and as you can tell, 
uh, we've been putting a lot of it on social media, and then we're in a bunch of inboxes with the juniors of the upstate and the lower state, and I've been able to kind of get some of your film in there, and there's a lot of excitement. Ken Brown, the uh, the, the counterpart of me, but over at the high school Blitz, he um, he's super stoked to have you, man. He can't wait to, to meet you as well. As uh, he's uh, very impressed, Coach B, Miss V, everybody in the upstate, really excited about having you part of this game and adding you to our team uh, this weekend for sure. Yeah, I'm real. I'm real excited for it. I'm ready to meet. I like. I love meeting new people in in different areas and stuff like just to just to get more exposure out there. I want everybody to know our name. Well, I tell you what, brother, you keep doing what you're doing, and, and, and the Lord above is going to keep opening these doors, my man. I can't wait to catch up with you. I will probably reach out with you after the show here in a few minutes. Um, you know, you and I can kind of kind of create some stuff for this weekend and make sure when you're arriving and, and all that good stuff as well, man. But welcome to Southern Sports Central on a regular basis. This is something that you're going to do a little bit more maybe than you thought you might, but I do want to get you in here next week kind of give us your side and, and, and from behind the camera lens of how you thought things went uh, on this weekend, not only on the Sunday with the big game, but the build to, right? Those are the moments that you like to probably capture or the moments probably sometimes even maybe before the game even starts, huh? Right. I love catching, I love capturing the moment from as soon as the player not even walks into the locker room, just, as they're walking to the locker room, getting ready to finally play the game, to just the post-game conversations, interviews. I just love capturing everything, even the little details of everything. Oh, yeah. Now, Eugene, let me bring you in here real quick, buddy, because I know you were actually trying to get him in here with you on Monday, and, and it just didn't work out. But, uh, Eugene, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to hang out with our new friend and, of course, our partner with uh, Jay Bryant Productions, Josiah. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I was actually at a game that he filmed this year, uh, when Oceanside was playing North Charleston, and it was actually a close one. You said uh, no, n- none of your guys had gotten taken out. One of your guys actually, it was real close on that sideline with a pump return in that game. Uh, unfortunately, right. one yeah, of the players for the other team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were standing there, and I was talking, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, uh, that guy cut back across the field and came right at us. But, uh, you know, I tell you, <laughs> more and more that I talked to the – uh, more and more I talk to the players in this game. And, you know, Rich and I, I, I'll be 43 on Monday, and Richie will be turning 43 next month. You know, you're the young buck in this organization. And, you know, when I mentioned, just put it out there that Jay Bryant was joining up and Jay Bryant was coming, you should have seen the high school players. It was almost like a birthday present for those guys, knowing that you guys are going to be there because you we – can, we can tweet out about them and they'll look at it and – some of them might like it. Some of them might retweet it. But anything that Jay Bryant Productions puts out, I mean, kids have it all over their social media. It's on the Instagram. I'll tell you, one of the biggest things you guys did, and, and again, I, I'm 43, was that uh, right foot crip uh, video that you guys put oh, out. And uh, that was a hit amongst the high school kids everywhere. That thing was blowing up. Yeah, that was our most viewed video this year. That I wasn't even expecting that video to blow up as it did. That dance, the dance was created by NFL. Right now, NFL player is Justin Jefferson. He played at LSU, and then the, after he did it, players everywhere did it. And then we every, I'm pretty sure just about every game we went to, every player did the dance when they um, scored. So it was fun. Well, it's definitely fun watching those guys get energized. 
and, and, you know, seeing their name on, on one of your videos, it's kind of like a, a rite of passage. If, if they get tagged and if they get featured, you know, even as a glimpse in one of your videos, man, it definitely goes, you know, front page on their social media. So, you know, hats off to what you guys do. Again, that's way above my uh, intellect and, and pay grade kind of thing. We're definitely excited. The moment we were in that meeting and you were brought up and it was like, you know what? We got the guy. So the guy's down here. The guy's ready to roll. His team's ready to roll. We're definitely looking, excited to see you. You know, I told guys, I said, you know, they might be there when y'all walk into the hotel. They're going to be there at practice. They'll be there for the game, the after game. So hearing you tell them that, you're going to get a lot more energy. And like I said, if we can get you a little more love in the upstate, man, I, I tell you what, there's one thing, there's one negative thing I might point out is that uh, you guys are going to get requested to be everywhere at every time on Friday night this coming fall. And that's something that Richie and I have to battle because everybody wants you at their game. And, uh, you you know, you kind of have to pick and choose. And, and so I'm not looking forward to that for you. But you know what? Uh, that's the way you grow, brother. Yeah, that's all in expanding our team. That's one of our main goals. My friend, RJ President, he's the one who helps me a lot with what I do. And we, we, some, we sit back every day sometimes and we'll talk. And we'll just talk about how we can make Jay Bryan production better. And that's just adding people to our team, adding photographers, adding graphic designers, or even adding editors when we're busy when we have to go out and record. So we're always trying to find ways to make Jay Bryan production better. So hopefully this fall we can have more people on our team so we can send people out to this game and this game and this. Let's put it together. I got you. Well, one last question, just out of curiosity for me before we let you go and close this out. Um, so just on average, how long does it take you to put together one of your productions? Um, I'll have to say, so this is my favorite production I put together, the Myrtle Beach versus Buford. So that took me about four days because I had to get the – I had to get our narrator, I had to get her to narrate the um, – what I typed up for her, I had to get her to send me that which it didn't take long for her to do, but I had to input it into my in the video. So it took me about like four days maybe. I got you, and I got one so last I, question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because I watched that video, do you guys uh, use a drone? Because I saw some overhead uh, camera action uh, flying into over the field right before the start of that game. Correct, yes, we use a drone. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, Richie uh, – I appreciate uh, letting me get in for a couple questions, brother. I know we got a, a time limit. We're at 8.51, man. Brian, uh, Josiah, I am excited to meet you uh, in person. I know we talked a few times in text and whatnot, uh, but definitely looking forward to uh, Friday afternoon. This whole weekend should be a fun event. Glad you guys came aboard. Glad to have you as a partner with us and looking forward to it. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, it's been a good time. Uh, now, Josiah, you actually got a chance to work with Jasmine McCoy. Is that who? That, that's who helped you with that video, right? From Channel Two. Correct. Yeah, she helped us. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you. Yeah, and you could see her. You, you could see her, by the way, at the Senior Bowl, and of course, uh, doing some stuff with us as well. She's a big sports anchor down here in Charleston. For you guys who don't know, of course, uh, we lost Logan. I was over there with Logan last year, but with COVID. You know, uh, they kind of socially distanced a lot of different things, but they brought Jasmine McCoy in. I think she graduated from NC State, but uh, she comes in here and uh, has done a good job kind of taking off where uh, Logan Reaver, I thought, did a really, really good job of being a very personable kind of guy 
in in front of and behind the camera. So um, I can't wait, J- Josiah. So what's the arrival day for, for, for you guys over there at J. Bryant Productions? You guys decided you guys coming up early Saturday morning, or are you going to try to squeeze up that way Friday afternoon? We're going to try Saturday. We have to see. We okay. have some book. We have some plans Friday and Saturday morning. So we're going to try to come. We're definitely going to try to come up there Saturday. Okay. Afternoon. Well, let me let me know when when you're on the way up. We'll, we'll make sure that you're covered up. We get we we'll get you taken care of there. And of course, uh, we'll expect to to have a ton of fun on Sunday and and all of that stuff. But uh, either way, brother, welcome to the family of Southern Sports Central, man. This is opening a lot of doors, man, because the way I look at it, you know a lot of people that I might not know, and I know a lot of people you might not know, but here is what we're doing. And guess what? Coming in February, you and me and, and a bunch of our friends from the Outlaws is about to roll out, do big things, start February around the southeast and some 707. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. God bless you. Take care. I'll give you a shout here after a while, my friend. Thanks again, and uh, welcome to the fam. I appreciate you. All right, guys, there you go. The man, the myth, and a legend right there, Josiah Bryant, J. Bryant Productions, very own. This guy is incredible at what he does. And, and again, I've seen his work. I see the excitement of the athletes when they when they almost know that he's around. It's almost like a different feeling. And and I got to tell you what, and I think the Low Country likes that we brought him as of right now. Eugene nailed it because I think when we get him over there on Saturday afternoon or, or definitely Sunday, <laughs> he's gonna. I hope he brings a lot of cars with him and a lot of pencil and paper to write down information. Of course, social media to pull out your phone and follow me, and we're done with it. But a uh, great show tonight. It's been a good one. We started off with David Shelton over there with the Purston Courier. He also works on Friday nights with Phil Cornblue with the scoreboard. You can hear him on Bobby Harden down here in the Low Country, as well as Southern Sports Central, and he's part of that high school sports report. Then, Reginald Walker Jr. played football for Joe Pye and the Nittany Lions as he, well, did it big in Power 5 football in the Big Ten, but then found his way to Charlotte, where he works with us on Monday nights, but he does a lot of things for a lot of colleges around that, well, Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. He works for a local radio and TV station over there. P-Shuck, the famous P-Shuck from Sirius XM College Sports, hung out with us from, by God, West Virginia at 730. He, of course, uh, educated, entertained, and uh, really, I think, dropped a lot of knowledge our way as we were, of course, uh, about 30 minutes into it. Just a lot of college football in hour number two. Then 8 o'clock, we went over to C.E. Murray, where the head coach of the Elite 88, representing the 44 from the lower state, that is Coach Smitty, the head football coach that will be representing the boys in the lower state on Sunday. That's right, Sunday is that day. We will be over at Ben Limpin, kickoff at 1 o'clock. Don't miss it. Guys, I'm telling you, You'll be glad that you went if you made it. If not, you can hear the broadcast here. We'll also be giving you a few other links that you can follow as well. Then at 8.30, you just heard him, Josiah Bryan. He is uh, the man with the plan from J. Bryant Production. Did a solid job of bringing it to a close in our five-star, I would say without a doubt, uh, guest list tonight, Eugene. Well, it was an action-packed guest list for sure, and, uh, you know, <laughs> it's exciting because it was kind of our last show before we get on the road, so to speak, and, um, you know, I mean, w- what a way to do it. We, we discussed high school football, uh, local kind of area sports, and then uh, some college football on the elite level with uh, 
two guys with P. Shuck and also, you know, our good boy Reginald Walker Jr. Uh, you know, we had our, our head coach of the East team here with Coach Smitty. And then, of course, J.B. Bryan, our newest partner, man, looking forward to uh, what he brings to the table, something that's uh, really exciting not only for us but for, you know, the kids that we're here to serve. You know, and they're really excited about uh, him joining the team as well. So it's been a great show, brother. Uh, a great production. I'm glad we could get all three full hours in with all these guests. And, um, you know, definitely looking forward to a, a safe trip and a fun weekend, getting to showcase these kids, their abilities, the coaching staff, and, and all, you know, our partners with SC Blitz and everybody that's put, you know, the time and effort into this game. It is the only all-star game in South Carolina. So definitely looking forward to it. And at the end of the day, hopefully these kids go out and make some good plays and maybe get some good exposure. You know, hopefully it turns into a couple of offers or a bunch more offers for a bunch of these dudes. And, uh, you know, we will accomplish our mission of leading them the right way and getting them to that next level. Yeah, I would agree with you, Eugene. And the best thing advice I'm going to give you, anyone who goes to one of these, either the senior bowl on the second or the junior bowl coming up on Sunday don't go in this thing with offers on your mind. Go in this thing with an opportunity on your mind, an opportunity to fellowship with guys that do what you do, who have been chosen as an elite group of young men to go out and just do the things that they get a chance to do. Make the memories. Don't just enjoy the game on Sunday. It's the build to enjoy the Friday night of getting there, the Friday night of sitting there with your roommate and getting to know all those on the hallway that you're on as we're going to, of course, Make sure that you're socially distanced, but also make sure that you're uh, where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be. But you'll have a chance to meet people that you've never met before, and you'll walk out with relationships that you never thought you would have before. And to me, those are like bus rides on a long-distance away trip that sometimes are just as fun as the actual game that you get a chance to play when the lights are on and you're grinding it in between the lines. But I just say this. Enjoy the experience. Now, we'll be back live on Saturday. Stay tuned at SO Sports Central for times of the shows. We'll be blowing up Southern Sports Central on Facebook as well. But tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, Miss V with the South Carolina High School Blitz. She'll be doing her big thing three hours. Two guests, or excuse me, two hosts, multiple guests. That will be Eugene, I think, is going to step in with her for a little while tomorrow night. And don't forget, on Friday morning, Friday morning, you can hear it right here, Sports Unlimited, with Brandon Bisco Bing. It's our only morning show on Friday from 7 to 10. Guys, on behalf of all of us, to all of you, we wish you a happy and incredible Wednesday night. And until next time, stay classy, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Mirror, mirror.